You have come to a place where all sports matter. And some sports just matter more than others. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Leighton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast, episode 86, English Premier League FPL Game Week 8. Yes, it's going to be a big one. We're back from international break. Now, if you are jamming the FPL, make sure that you join the pods. Bragging Rights League, it's it's still free to play. It is still open. Bragging Rights is up for grabs. Code is G94H2J. That's Golf94Hotel to Juliet. And then we'd love your feedback on the show, so drop us an email at feedback at latentv.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter at LTV underscore sportscast, as well as following us on Instagram. Just search for LTV Sportscast. Joining us today, I've got a special one for you, a serial entrepreneur as well as a Newcastle United support. And I figured after all the latest and greatest news, if you were ever going to bring on a Newcastle man that wasn't Jeremy, because, you know, he gets pretty bleak because now he's talking to me about changing his supporting team because he says he has to have the underdog. This man, Kurt, Kurt Reed, joining us today from Training Ninja and all other things that this man does. Newcastle supporter, eh? How, how are things in the land of the castle? Hey, Leighton, we couldn't be happier. Hey, Let me just say hello to all you listeners. I know we've got some future aspiring Newcastle fans out there. But uh, yeah, no, the dark clouds have parted and the sun is shining brightly on St. James's Park. Yeah, there isn't much, uh, there isn't much clouds in the desert, is there? Uh, no, but once you come to the north, Leighton, that land becomes very fertile. So we'll bring the, the desert people towards St. James's Park. <laughs> the uh, you know desert people. So, so, so those Newcastle supporters that seem to dwindle since 1994. That, you guys finished second that year. That was a, that was a hard one for Newcastle supporters after Sherrod didn't take you to, to glory. Am I correct? Uh, no, you're not actually correct. Uh, and Sherrod didn't join us in uh, 1994. I actually joined us a bit later than that. So if you want the the full history, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, 90, 93, 94 was when we actually got promoted. Uh, and okay. We had uh, Peter Beardsley and Andy Cole, and between them they scored 55 goals, and we finished third. Um, funnily enough, that's actually when I started supporting uh, Newcastle. Around about the same time, I don't know if you remember, um, they used to have that United Bank uh sponsorship thing where they brought cha- or charity thing where they brought teams over from the UK and uh, in 93 they brought oh man united and arsenal uh to play the local clubs and then there was also man united arsenal uh, game at ellis park and um i used to play for florida albion so there was a, a trip arranged and everybody was wearing red for Man United or Red from Arsenal and our Kippy was there and I didn't uh, support any of those teams first because I didn't really like any of the people that I was going with. But um, <laughs> it's amazing anyway. how supporters can turn you off, uh, turn you off clubs, eh? Yeah, hundred percent, bro. And then the next year was actually when Liverpool came out. Uh, same thing. Also, uh, Ellis Park went to see them, but uh, at that time, I mean, I was watching Andy Cole score goals for fun. Um, and then 94, 95 was when they sold Andy Cole uh, to Alex Ferguson. I couldn't believe that one for seven million. And we finished sixth. Uh, good. Uh, what happened that year was we actually bought Philip Albert. And then uh, 95, 96 was when the big thing started happening. Just bear in mind, this is all under Keegan. Uh, Les Ferdinand came in, uh, scored 29 goals on his first season. We had Shock Hislop, David Ginola, Faustino Spreer, and we finished second that year. 
But you okay. guys were running for first that year. There, what? Yeah, there was, was something. The famous, that, mm. that was the famous uh, uh, Keegan rant at uh, Ferguson uh, when we were. I, 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 I can't remember. But I stand corrected, but I think we were about twelve points ahead, um, and um, we called out uh, Ferguson. And you know what? We threw it away at the end. We choked. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hide behind that one. We did choke. Um, and then ninety six, ninety seven was when uh, Alan Shearer came in. Uh, we finished second again that year. Um, and then for some reason, 97, 98, we weren't doing so great. So we got rid of Keegan. We brought in Dalglish. Now, um, I know he is a Liverpool hero, if I'm not uh, not mistaken. But you guys definitely sent an undercover operator. Because when he <laughs> oh, listen, he comes there as a manager, 97, 98. We've just bought Shero. We finished second. Okay, maybe we haven't got the greatest start. So we get rid of Keegan. And then uh, Sal's Les Ferdinand, David Ginola, Postina Spria, Peter Beardsley, and he buys Stuart Pierce and gets John Barnes and Ian Rush on a free. What a legend. No, because they're basically <laughs> still in their wheelchairs. Right? So, and then we finished 13th that year. So um, that was the, the beginning of the slip until we got uh, Bobby Robson in to come and turn it around in the 2000 uh, era. Okay. Yeah, man, I don't want to go. I don't want to go too deep into it, but uh, yeah. So my love for Newcastle runs deep. Uh, unfortunately, I've uh, I've grown accustomed to the fact that I was never going to see us win silverware, see us get relegated multiple times, um, and um, yeah, with this takeover now finally going through after all these years. Got to ask a question, Kurt. Before before we get to the takeover, um, yeah. obviously your history with the with the Liverpool men coming in as managers. Uh, Ex-Liverpool manager that came in, old Rafa, how did you guys feel about him? Hey, listen, Leighton, I must be honest. Uh, you, you can't, if you look at the the, the quality of um, managers, uh, or we, I think, I think when uh, before Rafa, um, we went through we went through some terrible uh, managers, man. And uh, one stands out in the forefront of our mind is like Joe Kinnear. Um, used to call Charles and Zogbia Charles Insomnia, which was always a good laugh. Um, but uh, listen, I, I I was fully behind Rafa. I might not have always liked his style of play because uh, mm. what Rafa does is he sees the uh, basically the goal difference. So the less goals scored against you, he sees it as an extra point. So the He's style a tactical of play, man, might, yeah, tactical yeah, manager. the style of play might not always be be attacking, but you know what? We had we had a, a more attacking football uh, under under Rafa than we currently do under Bruce, in my personal opinion. And I mean, I would be more than happy to take uh, Rafa back, but unfortunately, it looks like that uh, train has left the station, and uh, there's nothing we can do about that. Uh. Okay. Yeah, so Newcastle supporter, lifelong supporter. I actually remember, and uh, and before you deny this, um, you told me at the beginning of last season when I asked you, how, what do you think about football and all that stuff? And you're like, no, nope, I hate football. I'm going to stop supporting. I'm over it. And uh, yeah, that's happened to me a few times. Lisa. I think <laughs> after our second relegation, uh, we went down. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very hard to watch Premier League and uh, to have joy uh, watching football when your team's not in the Premier League. Um, and uh, even even though we came up, you know, it's a little bit of hope that we can now play. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's been depressing. And I think uh, one thing, like I know we're not going to, we're not at the takeover just yet, but um, if I can just iterate one fact, is that a lot of people think we 
all Newcastle supporters are celebrating because we're now the richest club in the world. And that's not the case. We are all celebrating because we no longer have Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley, what are you talking about? Isn't it 14 years of happiness? 14 years of joy? Leighton, no. And it's actually, this this is what happened. This is what happened. 2007, my uh, my son was born in April. Mike Ashley took over the club in May. And I thought, yo, the future's bright. And um, yo, the, um, thank God I, it was 50-50. So at least my son has carried me through. But uh, Newcastle, unfortunately, was that red-headed stepchild that you just you tried to love, but he kept on, kept on stealing from you and kept on killing your dreams. Eh? So red-headed stepchildren kill dreams. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> Ashley. Mike Ashley. Ashley. Okay, yeah. so so Mike Ashley, um, but over the years there's been plenty, plenty times when it looked like Newcastle was going to sell, Newcastle was going to sell, Newcastle was going to sell. Um, I don't believe Newcastle as a team in terms of value was a poor club. I, I, I don't believe he was running in a loss. He he was still making money from the club. He it was I mean it was obviously a business for him, a tax haven for him, or, or whatever. However, it was spent, but. Do you ever think that he actually ever cared about the the club itself? Leighton, I think like initially when he came in, I mean, when he bought Newcastle in 2007, he didn't even uh, go over the books. Okay, there was a price tag on Newcastle. He came in and he bought them because he had the money lying around. Um, He didn't do his due diligence. And what had happened uh, then is, I don't know if you, we bought that other um, agent in disguise uh, from Liverpool, or well, he was at Real Madrid, but Marco Owen for 20, 20 million bef- just before um, uh, Ashley had taken over the club. Hmm. And what the guys had done at Newcastle is that they had got a five-year, or I think it's a three-year or five-year, stand corrected, Adidas sponsorship up front, paid 20 million. Okay, hmm. and they took that sponsorship money and bought Marco Owen. And uh, we all know how great that one turned out for uh, a new cost. So, so when, Ange, uh, when Ashley came in, the club was immediately in debt. So he got that surprise. Uh, it's also not cheap to run a club. I thought he thought it would be an a easy, a, a easy ride, and it, it wasn't. I mean, mm. in uh, 2008, I still remember him in the stands drinking a beer with the supporters when, they, when there was still some love for the guy. <laughs> um, and they mm. got caught out on TV, and he said it was non-alcoholic, but obviously uh, it was. Um, so, yeah, man, it's not uh, – I think 2009, he's been trying to sell the club since 2009. I think that's when he realized uh, things weren't so uh, bright and cheery. And uh, you know what? Say what you want about him. He did uh, – he managed the club in a frugal way. Yes, we didn't spend. Um, what we did do – what he did do was uh, maintain the players' wages when we did uh, go down to uh, first divs to get us a better chance to get back up the, the following year. And, I mean, the thing is, it was successful once. He did it again the second time. It was successful. So it's, it's, it's a recipe that he's accustomed to. So he's not afraid of getting relegated because he knows how to handle it and, and mm. bring us back up. But you always stand that chance where you don't come back up. And, I mean, you don't want to be a Sunderland uh, dropping down like two or three divisions. Um, you want your team in the Premier League as often as possible, you know. Yeah, sure. So uh, for him... Uh, where he became very astute was um, obviously they wanted to rebrand St. James's Park. I think they did actually at the stage to um, Sports Direct Arena. 
and he started just throwing um, signs everywhere. And not once did uh, Newcastle get any recompon. Uh, well, the, I stand corrected by this because I'm just um, sprout, uh, um, saying these things. Uh, rumor has it, but uh, rumor has it that we didn't get paid a single cent in terms of advertising for those stands or for the name change. Yeah, that, considering the fact that. He was the CEO of Sports Direct. It's his own company. There was no, there's no point for him to, to pay for advertising. Uh, again, yeah, it could have been a tax write-off or whatever it is. But he was worth 2.7 billion. It is a far cry off the 350 billion that now backs uh, Newcastle. And you, as a uh, Newcastle fan, now what? What type of? Uh, there has to be a type of pressure that comes with that. That you uh, you feel you should be putting on the the club, and how soon do you think uh, they should be ringing in those changes? Leighton, I think uh, like I mean, there's 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 things that need to be happen at the club uh, first. I mean, the infrastructure is a bit archaic. The training ground needs to be upgraded. We need to have the facilities, not only the league position, uh, to actually bring in uh, top quality players. Yes, we might get one or two uh, marquee signings that will come uh, for the money. I mean, it's a it's a paycheck, and hopefully they perform uh, on the field. But ultimately, it's about laying the foundation, uh, the foundation of rock rather than quicksand, and building a strong, sturdy uh, house. So, uh, Newcastle supporters, we're not uh, we're not looking to win the league uh, this year or next year or probably even the following year. You know, we're looking to climb the league table. We're looking to get out of relegation this year. Let's avoid relegation. Uh, start doing, uh, start getting the facilities right, uh, bringing in the right type type of players. I mean, we don't want to. We we've seen what's happened at Man City. I mean, their first signing was uh, Rubino, uh, and then I think it was uh, Joe that they they brought in after that. And um, uh, who was it? I think it was Finn, and then uh, they uh, then it was Mark Hughes, and they didn't come right the, until the they Pellegrini as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, until they got Mancini in there, and Mancini had a bit of a vision, and he laid the the groundwork. And then next thing you know, you've got six England uh, players playing for Man City. You know, so um, it's 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 not like we're trying to uh, reinvent the wheel. I think there's a blueprint uh, for success, and we can uh, as long as we spend wisely and frugally. Um, because you know what, man, I used to scroll my Twitter feed. And I was lucky if I saw like a new Newcastle uh, story, like two Newcastle stories, like twice a week, and they were generally just uh, uh, um, hate mail for Mike Ash. Yeah, no, 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 no. That uh, they were just like, oh, the takeover is never going to happen, or this, or there's some rumors, or somebody's watching a flight. Like, I mean, for I think uh, the Stavely Consortium have been trying to buy Newcastle since 2019 when Rafa was uh, still in charge. Uh, 2020 is when they made the uh, initial uh, offering, you know. And, um, I mean, that obviously fell apart. We know uh, I can go into detail on that a bit later. But what I'm getting at is that when that fell apart, uh, the Newcastle supporters, man, there's some true detectives out there. Um, there's a thing called, uh, what is it, flight follower or flight scanner or something like that where somebody had done some work and had found the uh, the tail numbers for the airplanes for the Saudi jet for uh, the Rubin brothers jet and for uh, Stavely's uh, jet and then also got passenger manifests and what they would do is literally 24 hours sit and monitor these jets and see where they're flying and when they flew into London oh guys the takeover's back on the takeover's back on and <laughs> so many like uh, false false alarms but uh, yeah but uh, what I'm getting at now is now that we are um, 
everybody smells money now all of a sudden like uh, every day i'm getting like 50 new stories so it's great to actually come out of the shadows and be be in the limelight i know a lot of people uh, might be uh, jealous or, or might show a bit of anger our way but i mean it's been a long time coming for us man and uh, i'm sure we wouldn't uh, uh, wish any of you else uh, a, a harm if you had known what we had been through so yeah yeah look i i can imagine it must have been difficult um Sure, very difficult um, to be a supporter through through all the anguish. the The other thing is, well, I know they they that last hold up the last hold up before it was confirmed through was to make sure that the the money that was coming in wasn't uh, the the money off the the state or whatever. You know, it wasn't the money of the people. It was actually you know the company's money. Although it's called public investment fund, it wasn't actually the public's money. Um, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that. It has to actually. There's there was a few issues, but essentially, um, it, it dates back to. I don't know if you remember that in the Middle East there was actually sanctions placed on Qatar, uh, led by Saudi and backed up by um, Dubai. And uh, basically, remember when um, Qatar Airways is it Qatar Airways? Uh, uh, they they couldn't fly through those Gulf states, okay, because of the sanctions, okay. Um, placed on America basically uh, instigated the sanctions because Qatar is obviously uh, there's feelings that they're funding uh, funding uh, terrorist organizations. And um, listen, there's a World Cup going on in Qatar soon, and it's going to be 40 degrees for the players. You know, so I don't know who signed I don't know who signed that one off and uh, how many new cars he got, but he's obviously got Jacob Zuma's accountant uh, and uh, Jacob Zuma's connections, but. Anyway, so let's look at Qatar and let's do a, a deep dive there. So who do they own? They own um, PSG, okay? And we know uh, PSG are mega mega loaded. But what Qatar also owns is something called BN Sports. It's a media company mm -hmm. that controls the broadcast rights for uh, Premier League throughout uh, the um, Middle East region. And obviously now with these uh, sanctions in place, uh, uh, as a tit for tat, what they started doing was um, uh, almost increasing fees or whatever to Saudi or Saudi just, it might not have been the case. Maybe Saudi just turned around and said stuff you, and they started uh, issuing pirate decoders to their uh, civilians uh, in order to get the Premier League. So they were pirating uh, uh, the, the software. Yeah, I actually heard about that from somebody sitting yeah. in the UAE. Pirating, pirating, been. Uh, pirating the streams and stuff. And listen, as much as you want to think so, there's no love lost between Saudi and uh, Qatar. Uh, one is backed by the U.S. being Saudi, and Qatar uh, obviously is more traditional, you know. And um, so that is the legal – they use that as the legal technicality for us not to uh, get the takeover. Um, they're speaking about separation and all of that, but the separation, uh, really, they could prove that quite easily. The issue that they couldn't prove was the piracy issue until uh, Saudi actually uh, made a step in the right direction, and that was last week, uh, Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, or Wednesday evening. Uh, they came out and they said, listen, um, we're shutting down the pirate sites. We're giving them to Saudi, oh, sorry, to Qatar so they can shut it down. We'll help them shut that down uh, and actively pursue these uh, people. And once that was done there was no legal i mean we were taking them to the the cat tribunal as well as having arbitration against the premier league 
Um, and those cases, uh, obviously, arbitration was private and CAT was public. So we felt we had strong cases there. And as supporters, uh, it was scheduled. The arbitration uh, uh, case was rescheduled to the 3rd of January next year. So we were prepared to wait. And uh, I was actually chatting to my dad. I said, this, like, I don't know if I can wait this much longer, but at least it's <laughs> in destroyed near. Yeah. You know, and lo and behold, two days later, uh, the wind changes and uh, there we are, you know, and uh, we've been taken over. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's great for it's great for Newcastle. Um, and it's, I think it's going to be great for the Premier League and it's going to be great for the Northeast uh, just uh, uh, in terms of infrastructure and uh, development. And I'm pretty sure now um, there are rumors that Saudi have started their own media company. So what uh, the Saudi what's going to happen is next time the uh, the TV rights are for uh, review up for tender for Middle East it's not only going to be BN Sports but it's going to be Saudi's company yeah, and that, that money is in Sports yeah 100%. Yeah. It's all about money. It's, everything is about, unfortunately, the, the football that we all grew up uh, knowing and loving uh, when we were collecting our little cards, uh, when it was for love of the game. Now it's, it's, it's become a business. It's a, it's a multi-million uh, pound or million dollar business. And um, yeah, you see that now with people trying to break away and form a top six just so they don't get relegated, man. Um, and funnily enough, uh, the the top six clubs are the ones that actually uh, are opposing the, the the takeover due to human they, they they say human rights issues, but ultimately it's because they it's a threat uh, to their Champions League positions and their yeah, sure. uh, and their income, you know. Um, and I just laughed when I heard Ed Wood uh, Ed Woodward uh, was the one that because uh, Newcastle weren't invited to a meeting with uh, the other nineteen Premier League clubs that happened yesterday or the day before uh, to discuss the takeover and why weren't they informed and uh, why. How was it put through? And you know, apparently the biggest, uh, inst- uh, the biggest uh, opponent there, well, two biggest was Ed Woodward and obviously uh, Daniel Levy. Um, so yeah, yeah. Look, uh, from from a Liverpool fan perspective, uh, we we are pretty pretty tight with our with our coin usually. So we have been lucky that way. <laughs> Plus, we also sell players for ridiculous amounts of money that are obviously at the end of their careers. You know, so so we've been fortunate that way. So it isn't all just about money. But however, let's fast forward to a fantastical scenario right now, um, based on your PSG and Newcastle. Imagine, just imagine, Kurt, four years from now, Newcastle versus PSG in the Champions League final. Drew, I'd rather have play Man City in the Champions League. No, no, hold on. We're talking about we're talking about having having two countries from the Middle East. Be overly concerned about what's happening in a European Champions League final. Yeah, but so is Man City, man. Like I, I'll, I'll call. We can call the Man City uh, Newcastle. But there isn't uh, match, a hatred uh, there, oil, is there? The the oil El Clasico. Yeah, I, well, I suppose. Uh, I suppose you want to see the hatred with PSG, but uh, uh, quite frankly, I'm happy if PSG get knocked out every uh, group stage, every Champions League going forward. Man, I've got no love for that. <laughs> But uh, what about what about all the memes with uh, with Messi crying as he leaves PSG uh, on his way to Newcastle? Yeah, fake news, man. But uh, you got to love it. You yeah, gotta love it. He grew up watching John Joe Shelby. He loves the way John Joe Shelby uh, spreads the ball. So, so uh, you can only you can only laugh at that. But uh, you know what? All joking aside, you know stuff like that might actually happen in the yeah. future. Maybe uh, maybe not a Messi or Ronaldo, but. Um, 
you know, just just as long as we lay the groundwork and the foundation, uh, I'm happy, man. And um, in terms of Champions League, like I haven't seen Champions League since Bobby Robson days, you know. And uh, my son's only ever known Mike Ashley. Not that he supports Newcastle. So who does uh, your son support, actually? But I'm pretty sure if we didn't have Mike Ashley, he would be supporting Newcastle. Okay, uh, but you did have Mike Ashley. Who does he support? Uh, my son chops and changes. He's a he's a big rugby supporter. He loves uh, he loves his province, um, and uh, he loves his South Africa. Those are the two teams he supports the most. Uh, I think in terms of football, he thinks I'm a bit football crazy. But you know what? I've bought him enough Newcastle jerseys, and in my will, I'm going to leave him enough Newcastle jerseys. So I'll I'll eventually force it on him. Or when he has a kid, I'll make sure that my grandson or granddaughter has as many Newcastle. Um, has as much Newcastle apparel as humanly possible. Okay, but that still hasn't answered the question. In the Premier League, who does he support? Uh, Leighton, I can't answer that. I mean, it it depends. Obviously, my dad and my brother and my mom uh, are big Liverpool supporters. My sister Candice, she's a Man Man United supporter. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Taylor, uh, my other younger sister, she's a Chelsea. She's a blue. She's the same as uh, Rob, you know. So... Um, it chops and changes who asks him. If he's only asking who he supports, obviously it's uh, uh, Liverpool because he doesn't want to disappoint his Omi. But okay. uh, if, I, if I come into the room and I hear that, obviously there's, uh, he's going to be grounded. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that's good to know, Kurt. It's it's important that you as a parent allow your child to spread their wings and fly behind the, the cage of the magpies. Yeah. Okay. You can support anybody as long as it's Newcastle. Okay, fair enough. Then, apart from Newcastle takeover, two two things worth mentioning. Arteta wins manager of the month. Arsenal had come out what had been a very difficult August. Um, and then, you know, heading into September, they they actually won all three games. I believe it was three games in uh, September that was played. And they, they managed to get get the job done three times. So three games, three wins, Arsenal moving up the table. Is Arsenal a realistic threat to the um, to the European positions now based on this past month? Or is it a false dawn for them, do you think? Yeah, listen, I look at the stats and I look at uh, Saka. I like Saka. And I mean, I think uh, nobody's had more shots in the box uh, apart from Salah and uh, uh, Lukaku than uh, Saka. Obviously, Saka hasn't scored. He's, he's a great prospect. Uh, uh, you know, but for some reason, you know, you're looking, I give it the eye test. I always rely on the eye test uh, versus the stats. And I'm just not, I'm not seeing that, that Dennis Burkamp and Patrick Vieira, that uh, team that just passed the ball into the back of the net because that's how creative they were. Uh, Terry Henry, I'm not, I mean, they've got um, uh, Bama Yang and they've got Lacazette uh, and it's just, it's not firing. It's uh, for me, um, you know, I think it's uh, Arsenal are also, I mean, Arteta's under a lot of pressure. Yes, he's one uh, manager of the month. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you can have as many manager of the month trophies as you want. But you've got to finish. Arsenal are expected to finish top four. You know, and I don't uh, I don't see them. Fortunately, do I see them uh, uh, trumping Newcastle in the current state? Yes, I do. But I mean, do I see them beating a Man U? Uh, sorry, I, I stand under correction. Uh, beating a, like a Liverpool or um, uh, one of those caliber teams? I don't. I don't see it happening. I know who did they recently beat? I think they beat Arsenal. Uh, Tottenham. Sorry. Yeah, their 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 last wins. Yeah, their their three wins in a row. 
that Arsenal Where? had was Norwich, Burnley, which they had scraped. Norwich they scraped, Burnley they scraped, but their their performance obviously was the the Tottenham game. They they no, absolutely they, smashed yeah, Tottenham, I, but then they came out and drew with Brighton. Yeah, but that's what like Brighton. Listen, Graham Potter's doing some amazing things down there. But if you look at Norwich, I mean, they're just as bad uh, in terms of conceding goals as uh, Newcastle, Burnley, uh, as well. You know, it's 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 the defenses aren't great. But mm. if you look at um, Tottenham, I mean. Harry Kane, it's, it's like, tell me, like, if Harry Kane, uh, if that Man City offer hadn't come and uh, Harry Kane was still uh, at his at the same form he had last season, mm. you know, um, I see them uh, absolutely killing uh, Arsenal. I think Tottenham on its day versus the current Arsenal team on its day uh, is is going to beat beat uh, Tottenham's going to beat. I know the, the score was Arsenal 1, but I don't think uh, Tottenham are doing that great either, to yeah, be honest with you. Yeah, they're not a very co- cohesive unit right now. There's there's a lot of problems there, obviously, that's in the dressing room, that's messing with their um, with their communication, the way that they play with each other. Uh, we're obviously, yeah. like we're saying, Arsenal came out there, not the greatest team on paper, but they did yeah. play as... As a team unit, uh, it but wasn't. Yeah, but hundred percent. But it's the same as Liverpool. I mean, uh, not Liverpool uh, this season. I'm talking about Liverpool four or five seasons ago when you guys would always play the big teams. You would kill the big teams, but then you go and play uh, a team in the, uh, the a team in the education. Yeah, yeah the you know, Monos, and you'd either draw or get get your get your ass suspended. You know, so again, it's just that big game mentality. That mentality that they brought to that Spurs game. If they could apply that mentality to every single game, hmm. you know then they would be fantastic. But the issue that you have is that the manager, it's up to the manager to bring out that mentality in the players and create that sense of camaraderie uh, to actually uh, go on and give it all. Then that's what Klopp does with uh, the current Liverpool. That's why when you play the the small teams now, you, you're not really worried because you're taking that same winning mentality uh, onto the field. And Arsenal just don't. Yes, they beat Spurs and yes, they were undefeated, but uh, I don't think they've got that uh, uh, winning mentality just yet. You know, it's that confidence and it's the, the manager's got to bring it. And unfortunately, with young managers, they're still learning. And it's like, you know, uh, in business, when you go to a job, uh, and I've been a manager uh, in in a, in a few businesses myself. And every, each and every time I learn things that I can apply to the next position, mm. how to deal with people. You know, when I first uh, went into management, I, I didn't know how to deal with people and their problems. And I wasn't a great manager. But um, obviously, the older you are, the more experienced you are. And that's why doctors that are uh, 56 or 60 years old, um, and Robert will tell you this, uh, they've got that experience behind them. You know, they've done it countless, countless times and they know what works and what doesn't. And I think it's the same with managers. And I think very, very, it's very, very seldom that you get a manager that can actually uh, jump in and uh, perform the way that an older manager does. And if you look at um, Mourinho, uh, who I still uh, admire, you know, he might not be the, the best man, uh, man manager, but he learned everything uh, from Bobby Robson. So he had a good mentor. So it's also all about these mentors that they have. And I mean, the same with Pep. Pep also learned, Pep played under Bobby. So um, Pep uh, also had a mentor there. But And then if you look at Arteta, 
uh, where uh, he had Pep as his mentor. But I mean, how long was he there for? Mm. Not not long enough, in my opinion. You know, now you're thrusting him out there to go. And uh, I think Arteta is still going to be a great manager, but I think he needs to go to a few clubs before he he learns how to actually bring out that uh, winning mentality and how to manage players. And you know what? It's getting harder and harder these days to actually manage players, in my personal opinion, because it's all about the money for them. And in ter- in, instead of having a team, you now have a, a group of uh, superstars, and it's just even more impossible for a manager to actually manage. And I think that's what happens with Mourinho, is that he comes from the old school side of things. He sees these people's money. He doesn't know how to handle it, and he ends up pissing them off. So if you look at uh, how he pissed off Pogba, mm. you know, uh, um, uh, he, he, still, he still needs to come to grips with how to actually manage uh, superstars. I think he can manage uh, uh, a, a player that's dedicated, but uh, a superstar, I think he, he struggles with a bit, you know? Yeah, but it's a very different makeup that we have in sport these days, like you said, but it is, it is round the board. It isn't uh, confined to football, for example. Um, I mean, did, I don't know, did you watch the, the fight this past weekend with uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury? I would like to say yes, Leighton, but unfortunately not. Uh, don't uh, I know your your viewers and your podcast listeners are going to uh, hate me, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you can't speak to me about boxing or yeah. F one or yeah. MotoGP. I'm afraid. Yeah, no, no worries. But the point that I want to bring is what happened after the fight. Um, usually in in combat sports, the guys walk up to each other and you know. Oh, can, good fight or whatever, you know, to say whatever that they need to say, you know, like whatever problems they had, it's it's settled now and you you move on. But you had yeah. a guy like Deontay Wilder who who snubbed even saying, you know, good fight at the end. Yeah. And then it's this excuse and it's that excuse. In the previous fight, it was he had metal in his gloves, he didn't have his gloves on properly, he was uh, taking more, uh, he was juicing in some way and it, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that, but it's never them. Uh, yeah. And when you speak about the Pogba thing, I assume it's exactly that. And it's exactly like that for all the rich guys uh, or the, the guys that earn earn the money. You see it in golf Listen, as well. Get, it's yeah, it's I, never I them. Listen, at, at, unfortunately, the percentage of people uh, becoming superstars and not caring about from the, uh, where they've come from is uh, slowly outstripping uh, the guys who remember where they came from. And uh, I think if you um, there was an interesting story that I read where um, Mourinho went to Real Madrid. And what happened was uh, he brought Marco Essien because uh, he obviously Marco Essien was a, a great player. And uh, Marco, they were, Marco Essien was obviously there and obviously there for a while. And what happened was it was Marco Essien's 30th birthday. So what did Marco Essien do? He invited his teammates, every single one from Real Madrid, to come to his 30th birthday. And um, lo and behold, he goes to the restaurant and two players pitch up. I can't remember uh, the one player, but I know the other one was Modric. Okay, so Modric also he earns money. But Modric but, also uh, looks like he was—he's probably lost most of the time in a conversation. Would you look at him? He probably yeah, didn't know why he's there. You never know. Brian might be the next uh, next bloody uh, president of Croatia. You never know. Uh, but uh, is it Croatia or Czech that he plays for? Ah, uh, Croatia. Yeah, Croatia. Yeah, thank goodness, got my stats right. Um, so if I was the manager there, Mourinho, uh, when he heard about that, obviously he was pissed and he went to Essien and apologized because he says it's all about uh, politics here and whatever. But I mean, if I was the manager looking at that, I would actually just resign straight away because 
uh, well, I wouldn't resign, but I'd actually take that whole team, everybody that didn't show up, and put them into reserves and let them play in reserves for like six months. This is how I play fantasy manager, by the way, as well. Uh, not <laughs> fantasy, uh, championship manager, by the way, as well. I've, I've sent a lot of superstars it, to the reserve. Yeah, because of missing other people's birthdays. <laughs> I didn't know you had birthday parties on cha- well, championship there was, manager. If there was a little chat there, I'd say, go on, go on, go on. You know, and it's... Unfortunately, uh, it's very hard to create that camaraderie. Um, and that's why I've always, like, I mean, I said this on the football group while I've always uh, liked Barca because uh, Barca have always been a, a family. They've always marketed as a family. And, uh, and Real is just, they call them the Galacticos. And uh, it's just a team full of superstars. It's not a team, but it's just a group of superstars, in my opinion. Yes, they win, but uh, how long can they carry on? I mean, they're so far in debt, uh, uh, you don't even, you never know. Right. No, I hear you, and that's that's quite a it's quite a segue from from Arteta winning manager of the month, but but bringing it back to Arteta, yeah, it's my bipolar. Apologize. No worries, man. But bringing it back to Arteta, so and this is another thing. This comes now with the Newcastle thing. I was reading a couple of articles, but from uh, an Arsenal supporter side of things, they're like Newcastle has just taken over us, you know, because obviously you're looking at teams in development, teams that are going to grow, because they believe. Well, there's talk already that Brendan Rodgers is going to be the man that's going to come take over Newcastle. And the Arsenal supporters, albeit that Arteta had won manager of the month, they were wanting a new manager and they were hoping for Brendan Rodgers. Um, yeah, funnily enough, you mentioned uh, Brendan Rodgers. The, the um, bookies had him as odds-on favourite today. He's got a £16 million uh, pound release clause. And um, there's a sporting director, I forget his name, I think it's Brad Perrow or something, anyway. Um, but uh, this evening what's, what's happened is uh, I saw the update on Twitter probably about an hour ago. Brendan Rogers released a statement saying he's not interested. Um, he's fully committed to uh, Leicester. Uh-huh. So um, now we we obviously need to move on, or it might be a coy little game, uh, hoping that he can get a, a a bigger pay package. You never know. Person, my personal opinion on Brendan Rodgers, well, I would kill to have him. You know, I think he plays the brand of football uh, that we love. I think he's uh, moved. He's he he was at Liverpool, obviously before that. He had um, I don't know where he was before that, um, but I know he went to Scotland and then obviously came to Leicester and he's done some amazing things, man. So uh, I'd love to have uh, Brendan Rodgers and also love to have a, a, a English manager. If I can't get Brendan Rodgers, then I'm not looking for Conte's. Uh, like I mean, Eddie Haas out of a job, but apparently he's waiting on Southampton. So. Yeah, let's let's wait and see. They've got the uh, Julian Favre. Um, he's uh, he's also um, quite high up there in terms of the list. But ultimately, we're not looking at a manager that can take us uh, and win the league. We're looking at a manager who not only can win the league but can get us out of uh, relegation. And unfortunately, uh, Steve Bruce finds himself in this predicament where um, does he go or does he stay? And uh, he's hanging on for dear life there because if he quits, he loses his eight million. Uh, severance bonus, you know, so they've actually got to fire him so he can get his eight million uh, pound uh, bonus or not bonus payout, should I say? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, if I was that manager, you know, I would enjoy, uh, I'd enjoy uh, so much levels of shit just to get my eight million quid. <laughs> you know, I think he has uh, been enjoying, it, or it has. I think he's had oh, to tolerate sorry. a bunch of it. I think Steve Bruce is better than you're giving giving credit for. I think his hands were tied for a large part. Later. Okay, like again, I do the eye test. I look at the team play and the team's not playing well and the team is not bad. We've got, uh, the team is underperforming. And if you look at Steve Bruce as Newcastle United, there's been 39 games and we've won seven of them. 
Okay? So okay. tell me, 30, what manager plays 39 games, wins seven, and still sitting there at the end of the day? You know? And that just shows uh, you the... yes, man. You know, yes, 100%, a yes, man. And... Um, yeah, man, it is his thousandth game uh, coming up in the Premier League uh, this weekend. And you know what? I, I also um, sent a message on our group saying he's being sacked because I was watching the video feed of him leaving and I was following Twitter. And it turns out uh, my sources were wrong, therefore I'm wrong. So now I'm just taking a back seat and we'll see what uh, what happens. But uh, he can't be in there for long. I mean, we had the same issue uh, when Mark Ashley took over. When Ashley took over, we had uh, Sam Allardyce. Uh, in place and we carried on with Sam and that was uh, in Big Sam we trust and again the supporters turned against him and Ashley got rid of him Uh, I think if you do take over a club you want your own man in there but I know what Newcastle are are doing as they or the consortium is doing I know they're thinking Mm. is they're not looking to get a manager uh, just yet what they are actually looking I think what's got a higher priority for them is actually the sport uh, the director of sport uh, or the sporting director, if you want to call it that, because you cannot have a manager who doesn't get along with the, the director of sport. So what they're going to do is they're going to look at, a, or director of football, should I say, uh, they're going to look at a director of football and hopefully he can make recommendations on a manager that he wants to work with. So some of the guys that we are looking at, uh, are, um, I'll give you them in reverse order because the guy that I want, I'll mention last, but uh, you've got uh, Luis uh, Campos, Mm. And you see there, there's my West Strand uh, Portuguese, Luis Campos, coming out there. Um, so he's currently at Lille, but, I mean, uh, he's from AS, AC Monaco. He uh, obviously bought um, uh, Falcao, Moutinho, Rodriguez, Anthony Marshall, Carvalho. So he, he's, he's also quite uh, – he's good. Then we've got Antero Enrique, who's Porto and ex-PSG, and he's mates with Villa Bosch. And then finally, the guy that I'm hoping for, um, which will be unbelievable if we do get him, is uh, Ralph Ragnick, uh, who is the uh, ex-Red Bull and RP Leipzig. He, he brought them out of nowhere um, in terms of uh, their recruitment and their style of play and their managers. And he's currently at Locomotive Moscow, and he is looking for a change. So um, hopefully we can get him. And I think once we get the, the, the director of football, uh, we can then um, get uh, a decent manager, you know. Um, if we do get rid of Steve Bruce, I mean, we've got Graham Jones. Uh, and Graham Jones, as you know, I mean, look at England, what they did. I mean, Graham Jones, the whole England t- side actually had a complete uh, U-turn when uh, Gareth Southgate brought in Jones. And jo- Jones, trust me, he's going to be a great manager one day. Yes, he's a number two now. And um, I'm quite happy getting rid of Steve Bruce and carrying on with Jones because I think he's got uh, enough um, – know how how to get us out of uh, relegation. I think he's another, well, I think he's a bit better, but uh, he's another, um, oh, I can't believe I've gone blank. I've forgotten the name uh, of the ex-Tottenham player, defender. Craig Bissell will know that actually, oh, Steve, uh, no, uh, Houghton, Chris uh, Chris Houghton, sorry. Uh, I think he's even better than Chris Houghton, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, well, look, Steve Bruce, uh, like you were saying, perennially he is... He generally manages a bottom of the half table kind of team, and Newcastle will expect in the coming years to have a very different take on that. They will, with that type of backing, there will be an expectation from the owners to make sure that the team is competing at the highest levels in not just in England, in Europe, right across the board. A player that has has competed at the highest levels for for the longest time now 
It's almost unthinkable to think how long the man has been playing. And he's still winning manager and um, player of the month awards, Cristiano Ronaldo. Deserved, not deserved? Uh, um, deserved, Leighton. I mean, he is, he's, he's fantastic in my uh, personal opinion. Do I like him? No. Am I, like, I mean, I'm a Messi fan through and through, but you cannot doubt uh, Ronaldo's quality. I think the only thing that uh, irritates me about Ronaldo, and I also want to get back to this in the Galactico. Sorry, I just remembered this while I'm talking about Ronaldo, is um, a lot of the time these superstars, and you mentioned it with the boxing as well, is that and when I was watching football, uh, you know, you got to remember that kids look up to you. And uh, sportsmanship uh, is something that kids learn from watching. And if the players aren't acting in a, a sportsmanlike manner, mm. uh, to me, it's just a sign of uh, disrespect. You know, I mean, remember where you came from. Uh, Ronaldo was a little kid. Uh, and I'm sure that boxer, I forget whatever his name is. Uh, when he was Wilder, a, I'm sure he was also a little kid, too. Yeah, like I'm sure he was a little kid, but they all, all had idols that they watched. And I am guarantee you each and every one of those idols had some form of sportsmanship and respect. And I understand now it's a show, but guys, come on. And with uh, and my thing with Ronaldo is he gets very stroppy. You know, if he doesn't win, he throws his toys out the cot. You know, and um, that's the only thing that I, that I don't like about Ronaldo. And uh, I don't like guys. And, and also, same with Messi. Sometimes they think they are uh, bigger than the club or bigger than the manager. And uh, they don't realize that they are actually an employee and they're uh, paid to do a job. They're a highly paid employee, <laughs> but they're paid to do a job. And they're still an employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look at... Uh, he he scored three goals. I mean, he came in with the fire. Um, yeah. One goal and two goals. The... But then after that, I mean, it, obviously that didn't include the last match, you know, so when uh, United... Oh, I was loving it. I was loving it. I didn't have him in my side and I see, and I made, uh, I made, uh, I, I've, I have never had him in my side actually. And uh, I see everybody made him captain and I was like, oh yes, Lukaku captain, great differential. And then... <laughs> Like Lukaku doesn't fire either, and I'm like, oh god, man! I, and I should have gone with my gut and made uh, Salah captain. But, I went know, Antonio. It it hurt a little. Um, yeah. I expected Antonio to do a little bit better against uh, a little bit better against Brentford. Uh, so there yeah. was an expectation, but yeah, it, it was a toss up between him and Salah for myself as well. That would have been a thirteen point swing. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, can we get into the game week preview now, uh, Kurt? If that is okay with you. We're going to hit first first game of the game week, Watford versus Liverpool. Now, Watford obviously have come. They, they had their one shining moment this season. Yeah, um, but remember, remember. In September they, against uh, Norwich, where yeah. I think they had, that was their biggest win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, who have they just brought in? Which manager, Leighton? There's a bit of football trivia. See how well you follow the, uh, uh, the Premier League. The manager. Yeah, who's the new manager they've just brought in? Um, Ranieri. That's it. Uncle Clouds from Western Area. Eh? <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, Claudio Ranieri. Yeah, so he's 100%. in, but what, uh, what type of change does that make in their uh, first game out? Yeah, especially when you're playing Liverpool. Listen, if they were playing anybody else, I would have given them a bit of a chance. But uh, no, uh, uh, my money's on uh, Liverpool for that one, eh? Any any standouts for you? Any any takeaways from this? Is Watford going to still? Do you think Ranieri still bases his team around Ishmael Zah? Does is that still going to be 
um, a focal point or do you, do you actually see a lot of uh, changes coming for them in terms of uh, positional play, things like that? Because it's very difficult to come in now before, mm. before uh, you know, with the, obviously the summer transfer window, that's still got to come. And then you, you don't really have time to build a team. What type of expectation would Claudio Ranieri actually be on him right now? The same like when we're speaking about Newcastle, but the expectations at this very moment in time, at this point in time in the season. How difficult yeah, is I it going to be for Ranieri to uh, enact that change? Yeah, I think, Leighton, uh, to answer your first question, uh, does he make a complete uh, change and play to his style of football and uh, get his people in there? You can't. Uh, I mean, even in business, that doesn't work. You need to uh, obviously um, get the team uh, still playing the same way they are. Uh, well, not the uh, not, uh, same way they are, but obviously play to their strengths. Mm. And so it's a big strength for them. So do I see it uh, changing drastically? No, I think I still see him using uh, Saw. Uh, maybe what you'll see is that there'll be slight formation changes or uh, there'll be different mindsets. But again, it's just changing that team's mentality uh, and getting them uh, into winning ways, you know, and just giving them new thought process. And uh, that's generally what a new manager is there. I mean, uh, very, very, like, I mean, just a simple thing. Mike Ashley, and I'm deviating again, but I'm using it as an example, never ever communicated with the fans. I mean, we didn't have no uh, any communication. We had Alan Sherry, we had Kevin Keegan frozen out. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Stavley and them, and uh, even the PRF uh, director from Saudi, um, everybody is communicating, and it's just a mentality change for the, the fans. And the same thing happens in football. Um, you get a new manager in, and maybe this manager's door is open, and maybe this manager sees you as a player with the previous manager didn't mm. you know um so again it's just uh, and i think ranieri is good with that i mean he took leicester from uh uh up to, uh, to the winning the premier league you know so he's got uh, he's got the skill set behind him and i think it's a very astute uh, uh change by watford dude um so yeah i don't um i have to see the way they carry on but i don't personally um i think they might games to really settle games yeah, to settle 100%. do you think how many games to settle under uh, uh, man, I'd give it probably about five weeks or so. Okay, yeah, that was yeah, that was roughly the amount of time it took Vera to to, especially like I said, after that international break, the original one, um, or the first international break, to see a very yeah. different Crystal Palace come to the remember, field. Yeah, remember, it's like it's five weeks, and then you've got Christmas, and then you've got the transfer, and then you can bring in one or two players, maybe that he mm. feels will change the dynamic of the team uh, in the direction he wants to go. You know, so uh, I think staff as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So you think with under Ranieri they escape uh, relegation this season? There will be no relegation for Watford. Listen, Leighton, I'm by no means a football expert and uh, generally anything I say, you can expect the opposite. So I've got, I've got to put uh, my money on my, uh, my, my, uh, my money where my mouth is and say, uh, what for to escape relegation? Eh? Okay. So I know I know you weren't part of the original conversation, but who are your three that are going to be relegated this season then? Yeah, At, uh, looking so far this season, what is your expectation then? I would have had money on my beloved Newcastle getting relegated uh, if we didn't uh, do something uh, serious, and obviously we did. Um, but, you know, I think uh, Norwich is definitely going to go down. Yeah, okay. Um, I think um, Burnley possibly, I would put Burnley in there, although Sean Dyche does uh, manage to pull it out of the... 
uh, out of the hat all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I did say Watford would come out. So, you know what? Um, oh, you see, I would put Brentford, but, you know, they're just playing so well. Like, um, I don't know. I think Bielsa's is having a bit of a, a, a issue there at Leeds. Um, I think they're suffering from second season syndrome. I think they're about to go into a really good run, though. I think that's about to happen for them. You think so? Yeah. You think so? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. See, I had Southampton as, uh, I think Southampton was one of the teams that I picked. I think I had Norwich, Burnley and Southampton, or Norwich, Watford and Southampton as my relegation teams at the beginning. But yeah, yeah. it is a very, it's going it's to be very tough down at the bottom because I, again, I, I don't know how fast Ranieri gets the job done, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, his first game up, it's against Liverpool. Liverpool have come off a game against Man City where obviously the first half was nothing to write home about. But the second half, Liverpool were fantastic yeah. against City. Oh, and that's, right. that's, that's, that's one of the best goals you're ever going to see in your life. That's a goal, two-footed, in, out, bang. Ugh, it just made me, uh, uh, so no youngsters watching, just made me cream my pants and I'm not even a Liverpool supporter. <laughs> Fair enough. But what else was taken from that as a Liverpool supporter? I was very impressed with Mane's finish um, where he had been very much off uh, or off target this season. He's, uh, he's finished on his opportunity, on his goal, um, top class as well. So the... Liverpool, obviously, they've now drawn to City and to Chelsea, both of them at Anfield. So it has, they've got some work to do. But I think, especially after international break, and albeit the first game of the, the weekend, um, Liverpool could probably look to this game and say, listen, let's get out there, smash a couple of goals. Um, new, you know, although Watford might have the, um, you know, this feel good moment and come out there and play. You, you've seen it with teams. It just like sometimes it just clicks. It, it goes good before it goes bad, before the rebuilding starts. But, uh, yeah, for, for me, it's a Liverpool, it's an easy Liverpool win and 3 0 uh, Liverpool yeah. direction. Score prediction? Um, sure. I would go, yeah, 3 0 as well, man. I mean, uh, maybe a sneaky little goal for Saw. So I don't, uh, I sold Trent uh, uh, because he was injured and I haven't put him back. So I don't have a Liverpool defender. So yeah, 3 1. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So, so uh, th- 3 1 for Kurt, uh, 3 0 for me. Um, now we're, we're going to talk about a team who have come off back to back victories. Um, there was an expectation for it to start happening for them. Uh, Wolves, they, they, their last victory was over Newcastle. They did get that 2-1 win over Newcastle. They travel to, to Birmingham to go play Aston Villa. Um, yeah. so it, Villa just came off the 2-1 loss against Tottenham. Um, yeah. which was quite surprising. Um, usually Tottenham don't take as many shots as their opposition. It's just, it's like a Tottenham thing. But for the first time, Tottenham were, were the attacking outfit, uh, Against Villa, I think they took nearly three times as many shots on goal in as close to as that. And they got the 2-1 win over Villa. And yeah. Wolves, obviously, they've come off... Uh, when did they get that goal? It was at He uh, Chang Wang, He Chang Huang. Yeah. How do you pronounce that? Um, no idea. But, um, yeah, I think uh, what you got to always look for with Wolves is that if uh, one player underperforms or he's uh, not playing uh, well, then the team underperforms. And you've got that one player, obviously, now with, uh, um, what is he, Korean? 
Um, yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. He could. He could. I thought he was Chinese, actually. Uh, he <laughs> Chang Wang. He Chang Wang. Yeah. I'll go. Ch- but, I'll double check um, that for you. Um, no worries. The player I'm talking about is Jimenez, man. Uh, like, I mean, uh, Jimenez hasn't. He's been struggling for form. Now he's found the back of the net once, and then uh, and again, two I think he. Yeah, to assist, you know, and he's back in form. Uh, definitely, I'm looking at a way to get him uh, into my team because uh, the Wolves guys do have a nice run of fixtures coming up. Um, but yeah, that's the player you've got to look at. And I think um, a lot of people uh, uh, are being surprised by uh, the, the Korean guy. He, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It is Korean. But he comes yeah. in still at uh, 5.6 mil compared yeah, to him and is a 7.5. And Effective ownership, 4.4%. Um, yeah, him and his 6.4% currently. Yeah, 100%, man. I think he's going to be uh, this year's Timo Puki. Okay. Well, well, um, I, I currently have Jimenez in my, in, in my fantasy team. Um, yeah. But when I look at a game, this game in particular, Aston Villa versus Wolves, Aston Villa had... The, the thing is, they had they had the two wins in a row. They had beat Everton three 0 They had beat United one 0 Obviously, now they lose to Tottenham. They come out there at home to Wolves after the break. Where does where does Villa land up on this? Because you, you're looking, like you said, you're looking at that Wolves run now. Wolves can be looking at this run, going, okay, look, we've got some really good games happening for us, and Aston Villa. You don't know which Aston Villa pops up. Yeah. Where do you um, land on listen, that? You've got to give the team uh, with home advantage the benefit of the doubt. You know, I mean, even the bookies do most of the time. So, um, you know, I don't see uh, – I, I see Ollie Watkins coming into play. I see them playing well. But at the same time, you've got Jimenez uh, and Wolves firing. So, really, I see, I see a draw, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, taking place, but uh, if if not a draw, then I see Villa edging it just because they're the home team. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure where I land on, on this one. Um, for from my fantasy perspective, I'm very much in favour of uh, Wolves getting getting the job done. I, I just don't know if I don't know. Do Villa really have like two bad games in a row, like three bad games in a row? It it, it seldom does happen. I mean, I know they drew to Brentford early in the season and that was followed up with a 3-0 loss to Chelsea. But then again, at that time, you know, we weren't sure, you know, what type of team Brentford was. We didn't know actually just how good they were going to continue to be. Um, yeah. And, you know, how when we talk about Brentford, obviously they've got a very tough game this weekend, but we'll talk about that later. I, I, I myself am, am a little bit undecided, but uh, I'm hopeful to believe that Wolves could get the job done. But again, if Villa come out there and Villa can put... Uh, Put the, put it together for for sixty minutes or so, because again, yeah. I don't believe any of these two teams is a ninety minute side. Uh, they ha- yeah. they haven't shown you know full ninety minutes off. Uh, Wolves did it at the beginning, but they didn't get the results. But they've got the results when they haven't played, you know, quality ninety minutes of football. So yeah, so sure, my side maybe I think uh, Villa edge it two one. Okay, then we move into what could arguably be game of the weekend, what I believe is game of the weekend. Leicester are at home to Man United. This is going to be interesting, again, because Vardy, although the Leicester have come with two draws in a row, I think Vardy scored, he's, how many goals has he scored in the last two games? In the last two games? He scored two against, um, two against Burnley, and then I think Palace. 
Which one yeah. did he do? He scored. No, he didn't score any against Palace, but I think he was. He he got himself. Uh, oh no, sorry, he scored one against Palace as well. So he yeah. scored three goals in the last two games, and now they're at home to Man United, who have got defensive problems right now. I think uh, I think Harry Maguire is out uh, as well. So, and and they have been known to be a little bit leaky with United uh, having the uh, luxury uh, players up front. Harry Maguire, the rock of the back. Uh, well. <laughs> Benefiting them, to be honest with you. Okay, so who do they bring in to replace Harry Maguire? How, what type of team do you think uh, do you think United have in defense for them? I I, I think you know as if I again, you know, I, as a Liverpool supporter, I'm very I'm very grateful that Oli is um, manager of of United, and yeah, if, if without the, what does their backline look like? Shaw, Varane, Lindelof, Van uh, Bissaka. Varane's injured. Is he injured as well? So what have they got? Shaw, Lindelof, uh, Wan-Bissaka, and then who else? Uh, they've got Tellez, Dalot, and Bay or Bailey, however you pronounce it. Okay. He just... hasn't played the whole season, and I actually rate him, but anyway. Man United fans don't, and um, that's why I support Newcastle, guys, so I can't give you correct stats about your teams. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a very, uh, it's a very close uh, one. I mean, uh, body, hashtag, uh, talk shit and get banged, eh? Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think Liverpool are playing. They're playing a nice brand of football, but Man United are playing. And uh, what Man United lack in defence, they'll make up uh, in offence. You just put Ronaldo up there, Pogba... Uh, I mean, you, you're saying something when Martial can't even get into the side, you know. But you and, have to get the ball up to those guys because, yeah, you know, those guys aren't tracking back. Yeah, well, you know, but uh, you've got old Scotty Scott, eh, out there, <laughs> breaking legs, left, right, to center, McTominay, but I uh, hate him. But, um, yeah, bro, my my personal favorite. Everybody's like Ronaldo, Marshall, but my personal favorite, my 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 hidden uh, my hidden closet support is Greenwood. Man, they look, uh, he's phenomenal. He is absolutely like he finishes left, right. He sees the the goal. He's in my fantasy uh, side week in and week out. Mm. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I, I think you. Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, uh, a, a draw here, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. And that's because Greenwood's in your fantasy team. Or, or you really uh, believe there, there is going to be a 2-2 draw out there? Because I think this is Leicester's game all day. Um, uh, it's, dude, are you, are, you, are you joking? You've got Ronaldo, you've got Marshall, you've got, uh, yes, maybe the defense is cuck, but you've still got De Gea in, like De Gea is basically uh, the defensive force of Man United currently is having a crazy season. Uh, so I don't, uh, you know what? Uh, unless you play a through ball uh, for Vardy, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't uh, tend to actually uh, score outside the 18. You know, so um, personally, I think uh, one Basaka is fast enough to cover Vardy. I just a man mark him personally. I don't know if uh, thingy will do but that. I, I believe they'll be on two opposite ends of the pitch, though. Yeah, true. This is, again, why I don't really know what I'm talking about. But if I was manager of Man United, I would man-mark. Man-mark Vardy. Yeah, look, this comes back to why United have got an absolutely fantastic team on paper um, with very poor management, which which will be their downfall. Um, You know, that that will... Yeah, for me, he's great for me. 
uh, but, uh, but I'm a Liverpool supporter, so I dig him. He's tremendous. Um, uh, but if I was a United supporter, uh, I would want to, I, w- I would want him out faster, faster than the Castle supporters wanted out Mike Ashley. Um, you know, there, yeah, there, there, there is that. Yeah, I think, yeah, but I did, I don't know. I think, uh, Solskjaer has finally given them a bit of, uh, strength and uh, stability. He's done a hell of a better job than Arteta. Is he, uh, probably in the same, uh, place in his managerial career as Arteta? Yes, he is. He's still, uh, learning and he's still growing. You know, maybe uh, he needs to go away and come back. But um, you know what? You've got to be grateful for it. Like, I mean, Man United, um, you know, they uh, they can draw with him. But again, it's just learning to manage those superstars. That's the only issue that he faces. It's the only issue. And you know what? We've actually left out Fernandez. I mean, the, the God amongst men, the guy that actually turns Man United or carries Man United uh, these last couple of seasons. Unfortunately, he missed that penalty last week. The keeper definitely got in his head there. Could only help but laugh. Did you see uh, You that? mean the week before when he played Villa? Uh, Martinez oh, got it. Before. Yeah. The game week six. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, you don't take it. Ronaldo takes it. Come, you're going to miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, th- this is, again, and this is the conversations that we've had previously, the the dynamic that Ronaldo has brought to the team. Because um, well, Ronaldo is tremendous. I, I think he's tremendous. And he's going to score goals. But the problem is with, with, the, with that comfortable players um, that don't track back against a team like Leicester, I think Leicester outscore them. I believe, I believe obviously that, uh, United do score, but Leicester outscore them 3-2. You no, see something so. like that. I think you, who are you relying on to score? Nacho and, uh, Vardy. Because Barnes is not having a, Barnes hasn't hit form the whole season. Yeah, but the he, moment Barnes, the hmm. moment Barnes hits form, then I would agree with you. But Harvey Barnes is not having a great, uh, a great season. Uh, he, he's just struggling for a bit of form, uh, personally. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I see the Man United winning it or it's going to be a draw. Okay, fair enough. We're, we'll, we'll see what happens at the end of it. But uh, the other side of Manchester should have a, a – this, this one shouldn't be all that uh, debatable. I, I'm convinced Man City is going to get that win over Burnley at the Etihad. This should, this should be a foregone conclusion, or at least I think so. Um, but you've got a player back that's come back and he's he's looking good and it's – Kevin De Bruyne, which arguably is captain material this week. Yeah, yeah. Listen, hundred uh, percent. You can't uh, deny Kevin De Bruyne's skills, man. I think he's uh, fantastic, uh, and he is always a starter in the the Pep side. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, free of rotation risk when he is uh, fit, because uh, you don't want to get stuck with uh, Pep Brolet. I see a lot of people are going for the Grealish. Um, you know, personally, I've gone a sneaky little chip in on Foden. So, but I'm I'm scared of Pep Roulette, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I don't see Burnley holding out, man. I see Man, United, uh, man City actually uh, winning that one. Uh, so, yeah, what else is there to talk about? Man City to win, and uh, let's move on. <laughs> okay, well. Uh... It, it, no, not entirely giving giving uh, Burnley their 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 time in in the sun, yeah. But they they have they have <laughs> they they're again. I don't think they're going to operate in the sun at all uh, this season. I think they might get the odd victory here and there. But yes, uh, as we said earlier, Burnley doesn't look like a team that's going to be staying up, uh, and they they don't really have many attacking outlets. And it's very difficult to hold the city back. The the city tide comes in. Uh, Listen, I think uh, I think you've got a chance holding them back and parking the bus when you're playing at home. 
But when you're going to the Etihad, uh, yeah. Well, Burnley might have more supporters there than uh, City anyway. Yeah, yeah. I doubt that, Boo. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just about who Pep decides to rest, because eh? I think he sees this as a, a – I don't think he sees this as a, a, a hard game, to be honest with you. So let's just hope none of us get stuck with Pep Roulette. Yeah, no, I, I got burnt uh, already this season on it. And, and they're going <laughs> to such a nice run right now because they're going Burnley, Brighton, uh, then they play Palace and then, then they, then That's they nice. have the Manchester Derby. So it's a nice run up to the Manchester Derby. They're not, not too much stress, uh, whatever the European, um, commitments will be. You know, I think that's obviously where they're going to be focusing on, uh, with their front line or their first team, their first, first yeah. team. One of their multiple first teams. So easy win for, for Man City. Again, and I always believe it when I look at Man City. I think to myself, yep, it could be another handful of goals. There's nothing that's stopping them from getting three or four goals quite comfortably. And I don't think Burnley rattled the back of City's net, which is one of the reasons when we do get to the FPL segment of the show later on, um, why I actually have, uh, Cancelo in as a, somebody that could potentially be captain material. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll okay. we'll get there just now. Okay, so then then that leaves us on to a a Norwich versus Brighton. Norwich at home to Brighton. Brighton, who have like you said, have been really really good this season. Oh, and I hate to admit it, because um, uh, Graham well. uh, Graham Potter plays a nice attacking brand of football, easy on the eye, and uh, that's what every supporter wants. Just a team that shows a little bit of ambition and goes out there trying to win the games, and uh, it's exactly what he's done. Uh, he is, funnily enough, uh, in the running uh, uh, to become Newcastle manager as well, I believe it or not. Yeah. But whether or not he's got the experience, uh, who knows? Would you like to see him there? Uh, Brew, uh, I wouldn't mind. I think he's got the. I think he's uh, he's got the stones to actually get us out of relegation. Um, I think he's definitely uh, one of those managers that can pull us out of relegation. So um, I'm not against him coming. I'd want him before I want Conte, to be honest. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, some food for thought. I mean, you guys do have three points. And if you look big picture right now, you are only seven points off the middle of the table. So with 31 games still to go, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very, it's, it's early days to, to be actually, uh, worrying that Newcastle would be in a relegation battle. I don't, I just, I don't see it happening. Uh, I always thought you guys would click at some point in time, but yes, now more so than ever. I think when January arrives, but yeah, well, we'll enough about your team. Listen, can Sorry, we talk? Man. Can we talk about Norwich and Brighton? Eh? No problem, no problem. <laughs> okay, so Norwich, yeah. Norwich. Do you think Norwich eventually? Because Andreas was talking about uh, them having winnable games, um, but they don't look like they're. Yeah, Norwich. Um, when Norwich have Brighton, they have Chelsea, they have Leeds, they have Brentford, and then they have Southampton. So, if I want to concur with my esteemed colleague Andreas, I would think maybe the last game, Southampton, is the only one that they've got a possibility uh, of winning. Because I see Brighton winning, I see Chelsea winning, uh, I see Leeds winning, and I see Brentford winning. Yeah. So, okay. So we we have Brighton down for the win. Um... Yeah, the question you've got to ask yourself, like, I mean, I've got, uh, okay, we're not allowed to speak about FBL now, or do we speak about that later? Yeah, you can you can drop it in there, we, we do the, the focus talk a little bit after the, the game week preview. Okay, no worries, man, no worries. But yeah, say, say your say. 
Okay, yeah. So um, I've I've got uh, two Brighton players. I've got Mape and I've got Duffy. Uh, Duffy, I always leave on the beach uh, bench, and he keeps on getting uh, points. So I'm stopping that immediately. He will start <laughs> every day. Uh, but okay. you've got to just watch out for Lamptey. Lamptey uh, actually returned from injury uh, last week. Uh, so I think Duffy. I don't. Uh, does, I think Duffy plays on this. Uh, is filling in for Lamptey if I if I remember correctly, and I think he's actually keeping Lamptey out the side. Um, so yeah, man. Yeah, Lamptey think, won't walk directly into the team. There has to be back a transition coming back into yeah, fitness. Hundred percent. And I think uh, when you've got a striker of Mape's uh, uh, quality, you've got to back them, man. You've got to back them. I think Mape is a great finisher. Um, he's got a great midfield setting him up. Um, and yeah, man. I think uh, Brighton are definitely going to win that one. I would give it. Uh, um, Ooh, 2-0 to Brighton, even though they're playing away from home at Norwich. Do you think that uh, Malpai has more than a single goal in the game in him? Did you see a brace in him or not? Uh, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to score both goals. Uh, but yeah, he definitely has that quality. I mean, uh, he does uh, finish the penalties like nobody else's business. But um yeah, I mean, I, I, the eye test, again, I rely on the eye test. And uh, I'm just, just watching him play. He's, he's a quality finisher. He, uh, he knows where the goal is. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't uh, suffer from uh, nerves before he hits that ball. So, yeah. So, I think Mape in, a, in another side that's actually uh, got a better quality midfield that can provide even more, more assists, I think he's uh, uh, a quality striker. I really do. Okay. So Norwich, anything in in this game for them? Do do they've got, have they got a chance? Do they have a chance? No, there's also rumor that like Kroll, like yes, he had a great game uh, last uh, last uh, thing. Uh, Tim Kroll, their goalkeeper, but mm. um, there's rumor if he if he uh, continues create, uh, making unforced errors and stuff that uh, Rudy Gunn, uh, their third choice goalkeeper, uh, or Angus Gunn, should I say? Uh, is in the running to actually start because he's been impressing the guys in uh, training. So uh, they need to do something. I mean, Cantwell, I see, is injured. Uh, Pukis uh, not having the same season he had uh, a few seasons back. Um, defensively, just like Newcastle, man, they need to tighten up at the back. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I think with Duffy running down the wing there, uh, setting up those assists, Maupay running through the middle, then you've got Gross. Uh, in Trossard, uh, I think Trossard might be injured. Let me just double check. Uh, no, Trossard's uh, in. So, uh, yeah, I think there's just too much quality there uh, for Norwich to handle. So, I, I will go to no, uh, Brighton. Okay. Yeah, when you say with Cantwell obviously being injured, it, it makes it very difficult for to see an outlet for, for Norwich. And, yeah, it should be comfortable for Brighton. Um uh, Relatively easy three points, and obviously maintaining that pressure uh, on the top spots of the of the table, it is it 100%. is it is and nice also, to see that happening. And also, look like I mean Norwich rock bottom, four losses and a draw um, in their last five games, and Brighton sitting sixth, loss, win, win, draw, draw. So they've yes, maybe people think they don't score because they've had two draws, but I mean they're coming off of uh, two wins before that. So mm. um, yeah, I mean I like Brighton players in my side just because the ownership uh, rate is not that great, and uh, the eye test uh, tells me what I need to know. Uh, they've got a quality little team and they play attractive uh, style of football. Okay, so bottom of the table clash, uh, I test. What does I test tell you? Southampton are at home to Leeds. 
Yeah, um, Leeds obviously uh, they've uh, haven't had the the greatest start to the season. Um, what's the draw loss draw loss? Uh, they had their first win uh, last week, uh, so um, hopefully uh, they can uh, carry on uh, going. I mean, uh, Rafina, there was a bit of an injury scare, not uh, injury scare. I think is it uh, him getting back from Brazil in time actually, um, but it seems that he will. Mm. Uh, and then, um, I mean, just looking at that side, like Cleach, Dallas, um, you've got Harrison. I'm not even looking at the side. I'm just calling it by memory. And Bamford, is Bamford injured? Bamford's injured. Yeah, it looks like he's, he won't be playing. Okay, who are they going to play up front instead of Bamford? Uh, that Rodrigo, I believe it is usually Rodrigo. He's, he's okay. the, 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 the man that comes in for them when, um, yeah, arguably, you know, he should, could very well be a starter. You know, and yeah. again, depending on the formation that they choose to play, and uh, yeah, so Rodrigo, he he could he's going to he's going to be starting. Yeah, the, the Bamford, uh, um, sorry, the Rafinha injury. I think that was more like a self call kind of thing. I think he was struggling with pain, so he kind of made the calls. But yeah, he's definitely in this week, as far as I have it. There's nothing that's holding yeah. him back, and, and I they, think that he's going to be the standout this week. You know, you expect him to control this match. Hundred percent, and I think their fixtures are just going to ooze points for their players. I mean, they're playing Southampton, Wolves, Norwich, Leicester. Or, okay, maybe not Leicester, but uh, in the next three game weeks, Southampton, Wolves, and uh, Norwich. You know, so the Wolves one's going to be a bit of a spicy one, but I see them beating Southampton, and I see them beating Norwich. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, for the for the next again, this was when when we're looking, I suppose, from an FPL perspective, it was like, okay, we've got to hop onto the leads. Uh, the Leeds uh, fixtures, but you expected to hop onto the Leeds fixtures as early as from the Newcastle because it was still going to be Newcastle, West Ham. You know they could get a result there. Then they played Watford again, like you said, moving into the Southampton Wolves, uh, Norwich games that is, that is coming up. However, Southampton, Southampton surprisingly have been defensively sound at times, and then the last the last two matches. I mean they they did lose to Wolves. Uh, and then they got uh, smashed by Chelsea, but then uh, again, who doesn't who doesn't get smashed by Chelsea? You know, you're thinking because Chelsea well, arguably the best team in the Premier League right now. Oh, well, yeah. they're on top of the, t- the table. Yeah, I take my chances against Timo Werner any day, uh, but uh, I can't take my chances against Lukaku. I think he'll, uh, I think he will uh, absolutely uh, murder you. Uh, you know, so if I was uh, playing against Chelsea, I would sneak into Lukaku's bedroom at night and hit him with a uh, a baseball bat and uh, run away so he doesn't play the next day. That's the only way you're going to beat Chelsea with Lukaku in that side. But um, yeah, to answer your question. Um, I would say Southampton don't have... Uh, everybody was touting Adam Armstrong, uh, their previous Newcastle player, uh, scoring uh, all those goals. Uh, same as Ivan Tony in the um, in the championship last season. But they're not firing, man. And word is uh, they're looking to get rid of their manager and Eddie Hart to step in. So it shows you that there's uh, under he's under a lot of pressure there and the guys aren't performing. Uh, so no, I don't, I don't see Southampton uh, doing anything with this one. And that's also why... Um, uh, why, uh, why we've got all Liver, uh, why we've got Livermento, you know, because uh, he's out there making the tackles and the runs, putting his heart and soul into it, but the rest of the team uh, doesn't seem to be doing the same. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a very tough season for for Southampton. It's I, I don't think things are going to change anytime soon. And again, Leeds 
Leeds are ready to pounce on South, on Southampton. They they got their first win. Eventually, it came for them, you know, against Watford. But now, you can imagine Leeds following this up with a couple of wins. You know, obviously looking, you know, to to possibly make it three or four wins in a row, or that's what the expectation could be. And, and it can go pretty bad for Southampton. Although Southampton have uh, conceded only ten goals in seven games, you know they're. I just I don't see anything for Southampton this season. I just uh, I see it going worse and worse. And with, with again, if Rafinha is playing and he's on the field, he he commands. He he will run the show. And even if he doesn't get a goal, you know you think he's going to get bonus points or at least an assist. So yeah, Leeds comfortable. Uh, although Leeds defense is shocking, um, but Leeds could win that this comfortable a uh, comfortable two one. Let's put it that way. Final yeah. score on your side. Um, I'm going to go 1-0 Leeds. 1-0 Leeds. Okay. Yep. Then then on the other side of that, we, we just mentioned Southampton had obviously played, you know, Chelsea in their last game. And we had mentioned, you know, the, we said, you just said about Brentford, Ivan, Tony not being that guy that he was in the championship. Well, you know, there was, there was a hopeful FPL community that he would be, obviously, because no, no, everyone no, no, wanted no. to bring him in. Yeah, I I don't think. Um, let me just. I'm saying Adam Armstrong is not uh, not uh, not uh, an Ivan Tony. Okay, mm. um, I would back Tony before I back Armstrong. And again, the eye test on Ivan Tony, he might not be scoring the goals, but uh, the run-up play before the goals are scored, he's there and thereabouts. I mean, he's involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. He's big. He uses quality. He holds the ball. He's got a good football brain. And uh, who is benefiting off Tony and getting all the points and everybody's Mbwemo. rating yeah. is um, uh, Mwemba or uh, what's his name? Mwemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they again, they're playing a nice brand of football. And uh, Ivan Tony is really, um, for me, um, like he's the uh, Fernandes of that side. He's creating everything for the guys to go forth and score. And even though, and he's the striker. I mean, what more could you ask for? You know, you've got you've got a striker playing a midfield role and creating, and you've got a midfielder playing a striker role and scoring. Yeah, so two goals, two assists for Ivan Tony so far this season, and Bremo just with the the two goals. But it, this is a very different. Uh, it's a very different game to play when they're playing against a Chelsea defense because their Chelsea defense under Tuchel is amazing. It is rock solid. It is. It's going to be tough to break down. Uh, and then again, but you, you were just talking about uh, Lukaku. As far as I understand, there is a good chance he doesn't start. He he is carrying a knock. Um, uh, no, he it's not a knock. It's uh, muscle fatigue. And uh, to all you FPL uh, guys that are listening, I really want you to, uh, I cannot advise enough to follow a guy called Ben Dinnery. Um, so not only does he uh, do... Uh, podcast with various different uh, FBL um, podcast sessions. He also got a, a Twitter account, and he's a um, actual qualified. I think it's a, a physio, or even a bit higher qualifications than a physio. Mm. Uh, and he deals specifically with sports injuries. And every one of his calls is probably about ninety to ninety-five percent accurate. Uh, and um, he sees Lukaku starting. So if Ben Dinnery can say that. Uh, I, I would I would bank on it, and that's why um, Lukaku is still in my side, and uh, I feel that he does start. Okay, so so from the other side, from the other side of that, 
if it if it is the the muscle overload, you know, suffering from the muscle overload. So you know what carrying whatever he is carrying. No, why don't Tuchel why looks at a game like Brentford, or I yeah. imagine Tuchel would look at a game like Brentford and says, "Look, do I need to start? Do I need to risk it? This is this is now the the manager thing. You you think about the guys like you know your Pep Guardiola's and you know the player rotation. Yeah, does he but need if to I'm, start for Cardiff? If I'm Tuchel, I look at uh, Brentford beating Arsenal. I look at Brentford drawing with Liverpool three three. You know, so of course I'm going to play my stronger side. And just to get back to that Lukaku thing is that um, this Belgium game, the international game that Martinez withdrew uh, Lukaku from, uh, basically they didn't see it like it was uh, because Courtois uh, came out and said it's a money-making racket, this uh, FIFA and UEFA thing, and they shouldn't actually be playing this match. Uh, so if he's thinking that, then the team is thinking that, and the managers obviously uh, laid uh, those feelings onto them. So I think it's Martinez just really um, allowing Lukaku to time to recuperate and get back into the uh, the Premier League. So I really see uh, Lukaku starting, and I see Tuchel uh, starting him. You know, he's the uh, clinical finisher that Tuchel needs. I mean, Timo Werner, like I said on the group, is another Theo Walcott uh, agent in disguise. Okay. Uh, that's my personal opinion, and I see bloody Newcastle linked with him. I'll shoot myself. But, um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's going to be a tough one, bro. I can't, uh, like, if it was at Chelsea, if it was at Stamford Bridge, I'd say Chelsea to win it. Um, but watching uh, Brentford play against Liverpool and how they came back time and time again um, really uh, inspired me. And uh, they're playing at home in Brentford. Uh, so it's going to be a tough one, man. It's going to be, uh, personally, I think uh, Chelsea will just uh, edge it or it's going to be a draw. But, uh, yeah, I, I expect a fight from Brentford. Yeah, I expect a, a fight from Brentford too. But then this is where, you know, yes, Liverpool supporter and whatnot, and i, I got to believe in my team. But Chelsea is a better defensive outfit. And I, I think, you know, I think I raised the concern, you know, kudos to, to Brentford for doing what they did against Liverpool. But... Uh, Liverpool, I think, uh, were more at fault for that than you know than Brentford were. Uh, yeah, Liverpool conceded three goals. You know, in in one game they've conceded six all season. Chelsea have yeah. conceded three all season, and one of those goals has been to um, Man City, and one has been again one to Liverpool. Yeah, you know, and no, they, no, they conceded one against Southampton. I, I don't. That's why I said like mm. a draw because you might they might sneak like a one and uh, Chelsea will mm. sneak a one or whatever you know but um, uh, a draw or Chelsea to win uh, is what I said mm. um, but uh, yeah it just uh, I mean they've got Reese James also back from injury now so that's more of a attacking threat um, in defence for Tuchel uh, so yes I agree with you hundred percent I think we both see well you see a Chelsea win I see a Chelsea win or draw but mm. uh, ultimately I think I see Chelsea edging it yeah yeah, yeah Chelsea Chelsea's guys what what do they have right now Silva's ruled out uh, Rudiger he's got that lower back pain apparently uh, Pulisic uh, is still out Reese James he, I mean he's back in training I don't think he'll start obviously um, yeah well, I think uh, the uh, last Rick- update on Akola Kante was back at the beginning of October. When they said he had symptoms, but not a lot of symptoms, and you know, so they'd yeah. keep in touch. So we don't ever really know, you know, because a lot of it, like you said, it is this is all business. Um, a lot of these international break injuries, they they do happen. Then all of a sudden, straight after the international break, they're back at it. Um, yeah. 
Rudiger, uh, Rudiger and Lukaku to start. Okay. Yeah, well, I hope so because I do have Rudiger in my in my FPL team, um, and I was uh, I was uh, pl- toying with the idea of changing up front, um, taking Ronaldo out to possibly put in Lukaku or Kane, um, but we'll we'll get to we'll get to that uh, other London team uh, just now. Yeah, for my side, Chelsea easy, comfortable two 0 winners, um, and I don't think Brentford rattled the back of Chelsea's net. I, I think Chelsea's defense is just it's such a rock solid. Uh, way to build your team forward and yeah even if Lukaku doesn't play the whole game if he comes on you know or whatever it is there's a good chance a man like him gets a goal um, he, he needs a couple of minutes to get a goal uh, nothing more than that yeah. then, then we end off uh, that that's that wraps up Saturday for us um, then we're off to Everton versus West Ham on, on Sunday yes Rafa's team versus uh, the Hammers, eh? Versus Moisey. Okay, so so now take me take me through your Everton West Ham game. Oh, uh, Rafa's done some phenomenal things there at Everton. They're playing at home. Obviously, um, they've got Damari Gray, who I really like. He's uh, in form. He's a great player. Um, you've got Townsend now, um, also scoring goals for fun. Um, and those are your two uh, midfielders, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then Decorey, uh, also in the form of his life. You've got Hammers, you've got Antonio, who's uh, scoring a goal every other game, if not every game. Uh, personally, I think these teams are uh, evenly matched, but I think Everton's going to edge it. I think they've got more players uh, in form, and they've also got home team advantage. Um, so I see a 2-1 to Everton. Okay, uh, nice short and quick there, I see. Okay, so yeah, the West Ham side of things, Antonio, obviously he had his great start to the season and, you know, he's always got a goal in him, obviously, but it's, it, are they overly reliant on him to get that result? Um, if, if he doesn't perform, does the team fail? Yeah, listen, uh, another guy that stepped up to the plate when, uh, uh Lingard left is you got Ben Rama. So Ben Rama's also having a great, uh, uh, some great form. Uh, he's uh, really supplying the assists and if not scoring the goals as well uh, to Antonio. I mean, um, yes, it's a risk when you've got one striker that you rely on so heavily, but I mean, you've got a striker who doesn't, who seldom suffers from injuries. Uh, uh, and I mean, I've been following Antonio for years. I think uh, he's a phenomenal player. I mean, I remember when he was still playing left back at uh, or in the defence at West Ham, and then he was playing midfield, and now they've got him up front playing striker. So, um, yeah, I think let's. Uh, you know what? If uh, West Ham were at home, I, I might see a draw. But I think the fact that uh, they're playing at home uh, and uh, just watching the eye test of Everton with so many players firing at the moment. Sorry, my phone. Uh, so many players firing at the moment. I give it to Everton, eh? Two one. Okay. Yeah. So Everton, I do. I actually have Townsend and uh, Demara Gray in my in my FPL team. But what, yeah. on, the, on the other side of that, Jared Bowen looks like he's coming to form for West Ham. He's he's backed up two uh, two assists with a goal eventually. So he got he's starting to get the job done. It, it is very much a toss up. But yeah, with Rafa being the tactician, you know, Antonio, you know, unless he's on form unless he's on fire you know he, like you said uh, he had a really good a good start to the season then then he he blanked two games well he blanked a game didn't play another game scored then blanked again everton yeah, everton seemed to be the team that can get goals 
right now, even without uh, DCL and Richarlison right now, it looks like they can be getting the goals out the midfield from multiple players. And I think that's that's what makes Everton more dangerous than they've been in a long time. Yeah, um, and they've also, you don't forget, uh, you know, there's another ref, a favourite there, uh, Rondon. So Rondon, uh, also, he can uh, score goals for you. Uh, they had uh, some tough fixtures, but now they're coming into like a, a better run. I think West Ham's fixtures are—it's not the right time to put in a West Ham player. Uh, they're playing Everton, Tottenham, then they've got Villa, then they've got Liverpool, and then they play Wolves. So um, yeah, all hard games. But again, uh, yeah, it's up to the players to step up. But I just don't think they have what it takes against Everton there. Eh? Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I, I still think, uh, I think Watford, uh, Watford, West Ham actually managed to scrape the win over here, but it's going to be, I don't see it being a defensively sound game for either team. Um, possibly again a 2-1 or a 3-2 in West Ham's favor. Now, uh, the, the other and last of, uh, second last, uh, before the London derby, another London team, Spurs Tottenham, who have just come off a victory, uh, for the first time. <laughs> after a terrible September where they didn't get one, they got the 2-1 win over Aston Villa, are coming up against the world's richest club. Uh, here we go. So um, so yeah, I, yeah. I kind of, I, I see Spurs smashing the world's richest club um, quite badly. I think yeah. Harry Kane comes back. Uh, you, you can't write him off. He's had too many bad games. He has had a hat-trick um, you know, he didn't have a good international game now recently, but he has also had a hat trick in Europe. Uh, and and that being said, you know, you've got your son, you've got your Kane. Tottenham still are a power team. Well, on, on any day, they can be power. And, and again, Newcastle right now, they're very reliant on St. Max. So I believe they're reliant on St. Max. I just don't know if he's, if, if, he, if it's going to be a single player that could do that for them to take them through the Spurs game. But I think Spurs. I think Spurs smash you guys this weekend. It's going to be a while before uh, the world's richest club acts like the world's richest club. Okay, can I have like my turn now to talk? Uh, yeah, about <laughs> Newcastle. Yeah, you, you've you've had uh, plenty of time to talk about Newcastle, but I expect that now. Yeah. So um, listen, uh, I think uh, if it was uh, uh, not uh, if we haven't had it, hadn't uh, had this takeover, I think they would have smashed us. But um, I think uh, St. James's Park uh, has sold out. It's the first time it's been sold out in ages. A lot of team guys were boycotting uh, Mike Ashley. Um, and also we've got the flags coming up. So watch the stadium. There's going to be flags everywhere as well. Um, so the atmosphere, the atmosphere of 52,000 people is going to be electric. Um, and uh, we're not just relying on St. Maxim. Uh, the news that we have out of the camp is is that uh, Wilson is start, uh, Wilson is back fit, Shelby is back fit, uh, Willock's back, and uh, Lascelles. So really, uh, I, I see like when we just rely on St. Maxim, yes, we have a bit of a, a issue. Um, but now that we've got uh, Callum Wilson, who's uh, really a fantastic player, in my opinion, with Callum up front, and we mm. give him the uh, the assist that Shelby can provide. Shelby might not track back as often as he does, but uh, uh, it is a game that uh, is a part of his game that he's working on. Um, and we're at home, so really it's going to count as the additional 12th man. Um, yeah, it's a t- 
tough one. Uh, my heart wants to say Newcastle for the win, uh, but my head is saying Spurs. No, you <laughs> so, have to. You have to believe it. Uh, I would. I would expect you to to believe that. Yeah, uh, Newcastle yeah. get the win. You have to as a supporter. If if you don't, then what are you doing? Nathan, you know I mean? listen, I come from a, a long a long line of pessimism and dark clouds under Ashley. You know, like um, I rather hope for the worst uh, and ex- uh, well, sorry, I expect the worst and uh, get the best. You know, and um, yeah, Spurs. I think uh, yes, uh, Kane uh, international scores great, but it's a different environment, it's a different atmosphere. He's not happy at the camp as Spurs. You know, but we've got to watch out for Sun, uh, and we've got to watch out for the other players. So, yeah, um, I'd I'd uh, I'd like to say Newcastle uh, for the win, two uh, one. You know, but uh, we leaky in defence. I've got to I've got to I've got to admit that. Uh, I really think uh, Spurs are going to win. Um, so I'll give it to Spurs two one there. And yes, I'm a Newcastle supporter, but this is really I'm a pragmatic Newcastle supporter. Okay. Fine. <laughs> that's that's terrible. I, you, I I believe you have to believe every game. This game could be the game that you win, especially considering <laughs> you haven't won a game yet. And yes, obviously with the with the hype that's now 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 going around, or the the joy um, of being a Newcastle supporter could. <laughs> it, it 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 can be downsized when when uh, yeah, Harry Kane comes there and. Uh, and puts three in the back of the net, and Spurs walk away a comfortable three-one winners. Um, yeah, it's going to it's going to be a tough day in the office. Kane, I don't see Kane scoring in my book, man. It's just uh, Sun that you got to watch out for. That's the player that I'm, I'm scared of. Uh, Kane, uh, I don't know. I, I, even though he scored international, I don't see his head being right. And also, you know what? Uh, I, may, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Newcastle players come out there because I certainly would and show the new management what they're all about. Um, but you know we've still got Steve Bruce in the dugout, so I mean, how much can you actually do? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah um, unfortunately, I don't. St- uh, I mean, all the Newcastle supporters listening to this cast are going to uh, berate me and say I'm not a proper Newcastle supporter. But don't worry, they've been listening to Jeremy. He's as pessimistic as as they get when it comes to being a Newcastle. Yeah, it's a it's I, a I, thing you guys share. I always promise myself the one thing I'll never be is a Liverpool fan, and if uh, and I'm talking about Liverpool fan of the last 20 years, where uh, uh, every single Liverpool player is probably the world's greatest player, and they'll win every match whenever you speak to a, a Liverpool player. You, you never ever have a Liverpool supporter saying, "No, I don't think we're going to win that." They always think we're going to they're going to win, and there's yes, nowadays they are winning, but it never ever used to be like that. So I can't I can't be like that. I've got to say, listen, I don't think our side's good enough at this point uh but prove me wrong okay fair enough i'm pretty sure every city chelsea united players all uh, supporters always saying that they're going to win the next match (laughs) they have to believe it you have to believe it okay okay well you were one of those uh, supporters i'm talking about but anyway yeah well i believe my team's (laughs) going to win every i have to believe my team's going to win every game Uh, it's just a supporter thing um, and yeah. got the world's greatest 11 players there, the FIFA World 11. I, I, don't, I don't recall myself being that type of Liverpool supporter, but uh, yeah, whatever. I, I suppose when you're a Newcastle supporter, you know, it's, you, you look in other directions and uh, want to find fault. But anyway, right, that closes off Sunday evening, which leads us to the final game of this game week, and it is a London derby, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. And again, I know Arsenal have got... Uh, They've just won the award and they've come with their draw against Brighton. Again, Brighton being a good side. Crystal Palace still look like 
a good team as well. They, they've they come off two draws. They drew against Brighton. They drew against Leicester 2-2. Um, my personal opinion and looking at the eye test and stuff like that, I don't uh, I don't have a high regard for uh, Crystal Palace's star, style of play. Yeah, maybe they, they did pull it out of the bag when they needed to. Um, but I still see uh, Arsenal at home and they are winning it. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't think uh, it's an easy game though for Arsenal. That's, that's what I'm trying to get to. Where I look in the past under Hodgson, it would have been like, yeah. I think Arsenal's current team and their current, uh, their current management, I think no game's an easy game for Arsenal, to be honest with you. Okay. Fair enough. Calvin, uh, not Calvin, uh, yeah, see ya. Sorry, bro. Like, uh, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> okay. So with, uh, with obviously the changes that have happened in the Crystal Palace team, uh, under Vieira, a very different style of play. Um, again, when you look at Crystal Palace Leicester, you, you'd assume, you know, and this is obviously the last game Crystal Palace played, um, that Leicester would definitely out attack Crystal Palace. But it, it was, Leicester were obviously more, um, accurate. Uh, they, they took, where they took nine shots, five on target. Crystal Palace took 18 shots in the game against Leicester and uh, only four on target. So they, they had, they had some problems in, in, you know, in front of the goals. But the thing is, they are now turned into a very attacking side. And it's going to be interesting to see how Arsenal handle an attacking side that comes at them the whole time. And I think this is still, this is a banana peel game for Arsenal um, well, we, to write off how, Crystal Palace. We know, we know how Arsenal handle attacking side that comes at them. Brentford beat them 2-0. Yeah. So, so I'm actually on the Crystal Palace side of things. I think Crystal Palace actually get the job done against Arsenal. Although Arsenal have some really good players, I have Saka in my, um, FPL team. Uh, I do see Arsenal scoring, but I think Crystal Palace also outscore them. I don't see, or, or it might be as, it could be, uh, yeah, 2-1, you know, a win by the odd goal or it's a draw, but I don't, I don't actually see Arsenal winning this game. I think they're going to have problems against Crystal Palace because I think they're going to be a little bit complacent and they're going to look past Crystal Palace because um, they're not one of the big, big teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Leighton, I see a draw. Okay. Yeah. Draw? I don't, uh, Maybe Arsenal win? Um, uh, no, I don't even see a win here for any team, to be honest. I see a draw. Okay, cool. Right, and that yeah. closes out our game week preview, and then we're going to head now into our FPL tips and chips segment of the of the show. So to reiterate, if you are jamming the FPL, uh, the Pods Bragging Rights League remains open. It's free to play. Free entry. Bragging Rights is up for grabs. Code is G94H2J. That's Golf 94 Hotel to Juliet. So uh, ending off on game week seven, it was our, our last game week. Our, our game week heroes, Prashant Pallad, he had 57 points. Uh, that moved him up from 53,643 in the world to 17,339. So it's a 36,000 place jump. Nick Curry, he had 56 points. That moved him up from 31K in the world to 10K in the world. So 21K jump there. Stephen Kruger or Stefan Kruger. 53 points, so he moved up uh, 700,000 positions from 4.3 mil to uh, 3.6 mil. Charles Smith with the Team Kings in the north, uh, obviously a Game of Thrones fan, I assume, or he's a uh, Newcastle supporter, who knows? Uh, Let's hope so. They moved up from 6.1 million in the world to 5 uh, to 5.4 million in the world, and then Andreas rounded that 
that out for 51 points, moving up from 519k in the mall to 442k, 76,000 position jump. And what does that look like on our table right now? Nick Curry is out there on 499 points total. Like I said, he's on 10,000 in the world. Prashant Pallad here. Uh, he's now on 494 points, 17,000 in the world. Chris Defenta, obviously a regular and a West Ham supporter, up to with his 46 points. He, he moved up 12,000 positions to 84K in the world. And then we had two drops for um, Pumlani and Greg Young. Um, Pumlani had 35 points, Greg Young hit 40 points, and then they dropped respectively to 198K and 372K in the world. So now. Tell me, Game Week Superstars, who do you have on your list? I've got Son, Kane, uh, Salah, and KDB as as standout guys. Lukaku was on the list, but again, um, not entirely sure if he is going to be starting. Uh, or, but I'm sure he will get minutes. But, you know, a safe bet, you know, that type of thing, you know, put in as a captain. Um, yeah, those are the players I have. You got anyone else on that list? Um. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm backing Lukaku to start. He'll definitely start. I'm not uh, worried about that. I agree with you on Salah. Um, I think uh, Rafinha is another one to uh, watch out for uh, this game week. Um, yeah, let me just see what my... So, so game week superstars. This is your game week superstars. This is captain material. These are people that you are going to make captain. Uh, okay, yeah, I can definitely make a uh, make a Rafinha. I see Rafinha being a captain as okay. a as a as a as a, uh, a left field pick. Uh, and uh, if we look at uh, Lukaku, who's he playing? He's playing Brentford away. Um, so yeah, man, I think like you said. Uh, so uh, my captain, uh, my captain decisions for my side really rest between. Uh, Salah, Lukaku, or a sneaky little pick before I pick Rafinha. I might actually go, might, might go uh, a Foden, but I don't know. I'll, I'll probably not because uh, Pepper let you know he plays one mm. week, he won't play this week. So uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Salah. Okay, and then uh, for for every for any other reason, we're looking at our sneaky snipers for this game week. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I actually had Kane at superstar or, or sneaky sniper, like you know, because again, because of effective ownership in the FPL, um, you know, he's not all that well owned. Um, sorry, we actually left somebody out uh, up at the top. It, it would be would be Vardy. I think Vardy has the potential to to hurt that United squad, hurt that United defense, and could quite comfortably get a brace. And he has it in him. Um, you know, you could maybe captain him. But again, he also isn't doesn't have that type of ownership. So does he fall into a sneaky sniper player? You know, you so you got Vardy, you got Rafinha, got Foden. I had Foden on the list, uh, Brighton wow. earlier on this one again because yeah. you don't know what happens with Foden and that Pepperlet is always something difficult. I think Foden gets minutes. I just don't know how many minutes he gets, and that's yeah. going to be the problem. And then Malpai, Malpai is is another one that can come out there that can give you. It's not his name's not Malpai. It's Malpi goal. Malpigol. Okay, Malpigol. so so Malpai or aka Malpigol, um, he he could obviously again this came back to the question that I asked you earlier. Does he have the ability to get more than one goal in a game? How often have you yes. seen that in 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 the history of him playing? Um, Layson, last two seasons with cheese, but uh, all I know is that if I give Malpai the eye test, 
he will score goals. And uh, yes, I see him scoring more than one goal a game in my humble uh, FPL opinion. I can't back it up by stats, but I'm just giving you the eye test. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, two players, I have two players that could could quite possibly come and you could think to yourself, if you were ever going to pick a captain in defense, Alonso this weekend, Cancelo this weekend, um, it looks like a weekend that could that that they could get those could get those points. Yeah, don't forget uh, Jesus. Eh? Jesus, uh, you, you think he's going to be starting this week again? But now you, you ask that question: is is uh, that that whole Man City thing? I mean, I, I just got burnt, so I, I'm a little bit uh, a little bit sour on. Uh, for me, a sneaky pick, I would uh, definitely uh, a little Jesus captain there. Um, I see him starting uh, 100%. I don't see why he wouldn't uh, start when he's only there. He's the, the only out-and-out striker that they do have. Um, and now he's got Kevin De Bruyne feeding him. So Yeah, but he uh, doesn't play in the center now. Yeah, he plays on the left, but that's his preferred position, uh, ultimately. Yeah, so, on the left is Grealish, on the right, he's playing on the right now. Oh, is he playing on the right? So my, 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 I'm getting mixed up. But uh, yeah, so if he plays on the on the right, that's still his uh, favorite position, is it not? Could be. I have I'm no not, idea. Not, he, he plays through I'm the center usually, in but now now coming down the right, he's he's been a, re- a revelation on the right. Uh, yeah. But again, it's the only concern is you know when, if you're really good as a differential to have him in your team, have him in your team as a captain. Not knowing that he's going to start, and you've got to play that percentages game. You have to be captaining a person that you know is going to start, like, yeah. like you think the seller, the son, KDB. Again, like what, about, that, what about what about big Ronaldo? See, that's the thing, man. I have Ronaldo in my team. I haven't shipped him out yet. I I'm still a little bit undecided what I'm going to do, um, and I know Lukaku is the right move. It is the right move to make. Um, but then again, I think everyone's made that move. You know, every yeah, everybody's made that move because Man United are playing Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham, Man City. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the the move to Lukaku. Uh, I'm talking about yeah. opening up as different types of options. You know, yeah. the, the move to Vardy could be a good option. The move to uh, to Kane could be a good option if Kane eventually does what he does because he plays Newcastle, West Ham, United, Everton, Leeds, and those are all. All teams that he can score against. Yes, Lukaku has the Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley before they hit Leicester. And then Leicester themselves have Man United, Brentford, Arsenal, Leeds, and before they hit Chelsea. And all those games are potential scoring games for all those players. The my my problem when it comes to moving to Lukaku is he's owned by a third of the a third of the FPL players. You know, yeah, what am I really getting there? If I'm going if I'm chasing, uh, which I am right now. Uh, and I'm down at two million in the world, and uh, you know if I'm going to chase, I need to find things. And like you say, the the Jesus call is a good call to to be making. But do I do I drop Ronaldo for that? Because Ronaldo has the potential at any point in time to score two three goals. I think he has it in him, and it doesn't matter who the opposition is. I just I don't believe in the United defense. I just know that they will score goals. I assume they'll score yeah. goals. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I made the move. Uh... Last week to take out uh, for uh, Fernandez because I needed to fund uh, uh, Lukaku and um, you know what? Uh, like I justified it to myself, but 
you know, it's going to come and haunt me because like, uh, if there's one person that you never take out your side, just like you never take Salah out and uh, you don't take out Fernandes. And I think uh, uh, Ronaldo's uh, also going to be uh, one of those players, uh, mm. regardless of fixture, uh, uh, you leave leave the players in. And we saw that with Salah, like none of us made him captain and we should have all made him captain because look at the way he's been playing, the form he's had. Uh, it's been uh, phenomenal. So, um, yeah, that Fernandez thing is going to come back uh, to haunt me 100%. But um, personally, Leighton, uh, I agree with you. You don't want to follow the bandwagon if you're trying to get ahead. Uh, Vardy might be a good call. Um, not my not my personal favorite, uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but he Take- has he has those goals to back it up. I feel the same as you because that has always been my discussion when I talk to Jeremy and I suppose when I talk to Andreas from time to time about it. It's... I never look at Vardy and go like, listen, you know, this, this man's going to go out there and score every week and I don't think he's going to. And no. then he does. And it's like, it must stop at some point in time and it doesn't I, stop for Vardy. Yeah. The way I look at it, uh, uh, when I do my teams and stuff like that is I don't really look at what's, uh, uh, take it by week. Uh, so you want a striker there that's going to give you above 20 goals, um, or get you to 15 goals and above. And, uh, if you've got Vardy, uh, regardless of fixtures, don't look at them. Uh, how many goals do you see him getting this season? Is it above 20? Yes, it's above 20. And uh, he's normally in the top uh, three goal scorers for the league. And to- if he's that high up, then he's going to get points. And if you're looking at his points, he's already on 48 points. Um, so, yes, it's not a it's not a bad shot uh, and it's not a bad um, outside pick uh, to get you further up the, the league table versus the rest. Okay. What did you do this week? Uh, When did you play your wild card? I played it last week. Okay. Uh, That was when I got rid of uh, Fernandes and made a few changes. But um, uh, what did I do? uh, Trent. No, that was... uh, Dude, I can't remember. Somebody was injured and uh, and I took them out. I can't actually uh, remember what what I've done. I know I don't have any more It could have been the Trent, yeah. It could have been that. Your your FPL history, you you have two top 10K finishes? Uh, Yeah, how do I check that again? Um, You go to your team and you go go look in your game week history. so two top 10K finishes, but it has gone a little bit south from from the last the last five seasons. Uh, yeah, so um, since I've started running my own FPL league, it's called FPL Boot. And uh, the focus is more on uh, running the league and uh, making sure everybody's happy. Um, so my FPL is uh, fallen behind. I can blame it on that, but also the league's gotten more competitive. I mean, I started playing, uh, uh, well, I had a different email address, but the email address I'm currently using, I mean, I've started uh, 06, 07. Mm. Uh, and uh, one of my highest ranks was uh, 4,239. For, uh, that was in uh, 13, 14. And then 15, 16 season was 4,076. Last year was actually my worst year, 120, oh sorry, 1,200K. Uh, 
so definitely, and last year I actually set out to change things. I was like, I'm going to take it seriously this year. I'm going to do it. And then I end up like that. And I've done the same thing this year. I'm like, I'm going to take it seriously. But now I'm also like 1.9 million, uh, just shy of, uh, 2 million. Yeah. So if I can give you a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, uh, confidence, I, I, from my season, my rookie season last year, after 14 game weeks, I was sitting on 4.3 million. I landed up on, I think, 470k. I think somewhere there yeah. and thereabouts. So there, there's still there's 31 games to go. There there is plenty of time to correct things, to build and whatnot. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be panicking. No, I'm not uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not stressed. But like you say, you've got to look at and take uh, chances. Uh, you don't want to follow the bandwagons. You want mm. to find those picks before anybody knows about them. And uh, I'm looking personally. I mean. Uh, one of the guys that I am looking to get in is uh, Mason Mount. I think, uh, hey, he's he's gonna he's the Fernandez of that uh, Chelsea team, and he's a cog. Uh, so you got to find picks like that that not a lot of people uh, do have. Okay, Mason Mount. Um, yeah, I wonder how he, how he's actually going to fare over over the season as a whole in terms of an FPL player compared to a um, to. A out and out Premier League player because that's that was the whole thing and you know again I've got a I I have I have a love for defensive midfielders because of the work that they do and it always yeah. it always gets to me like in FPL you you like you know when when Conte is on the on the field and he controls that Chelsea game and and then you look at his FPL points and it's crap and he doesn't get the right. bonus points but because we don't reward we don't reward defense well unless you're a defender but like I mean uh, you need to have an attacking midfielder. And that's how FPL is played. And um, yeah, so unfortunately, Kante, no, it's not going to. He's a great player. He can play for Barca or Real, but uh, he can't play for your FPL side, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, but Mount isn't all out and out attacking. That's part of the problem. Uh, he's not, but Leighton, he he sees things. He's uh, he sees those uh, creative passes for the assists. I mean, wasn't he nominated in that top thirty for the Ballon d'Or? Uh, I didn't actually look at the whole list. I think I think he was, and then the reporter actually asked him, "Was like, uh, so what do you think your chances are of winning it?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be laughing, but okay, yeah, sure. What did he say? Yeah, and he was like, "Listen," he also laughed, and he said, "Listen, uh, well, obviously, I don't think I've got a, a chance to win it, uh, but you know what? Uh, yeah, I'd be very surprised if I do. And stranger things have happened, but um, no, man, uh, he's a youngster. I think he can draw. Uh, I think he is definitely a, a, a superstar in the making." Okay, so so mount uh, mount again as one of your sneaky snipers, and is that for a whole season pick or just from this weekend uh, that you want to be? Uh, Leighton, that would be a whole season pick. Eh? If you're looking for, uh, if you, I mean, when Chelsea do uh, move out of these run of fixtures, I would. Uh, it's uh, like I mean, a, a mount's almost like a Rafinha. You know, you you have them in your side because you know they're going to get you points. Okay, sure. Um, Looking at his season so far, that this is sixteen points so far, seven point four million, sixteen points. Um, Kovacic, uh, thirty-three points, cost you five point two. Yeah, but uh, I was also I had uh, Kovacic uh, in my side before the uh, the wild card. 
But again, it's um, the whole reason uh, I thought Kovacic might go out because they had some injuries, but uh, he cemented his place in the side. So again, it's also not a bad, uh, not a bad shot, old uh, Kovacic, to be honest with you. But uh, a Chelsea supporter would know more than me. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, so look, with Havertz being also in their midfield at 8.2, and I think the in terms of ownership, I just want to quickly see. Uh, have, Mason Mount owned by 8.8%, Havertz owned by 4.2%. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think also you got to, uh, I think what happened with Mount from uh, game game week four was he had a bit of a, a uh, he was carrying a bit of an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see his minutes, or he didn't play game week four, played half in uh, game week five. Uh, and then uh, game week uh, six, he didn't play. And Southampton, he got uh, 25 minutes, but I think he's uh, going to be starting more regularly. Uh, so I think that might be where uh, he comes into the field. I don't know who makes way. I don't know if it is uh, Kovacic that will make way, but uh, let's wait and see. Okay, right. And then players to social distance from uh, this this weekend. Uh, I, I have Man United defensive players. Um, I, don't, I don't see anything for them in in the whole of that back line. Um, you know, when you when you want to look at. Uh, premium players to to stay away from this weekend uh any premium players that you'd like to avoid this weekend or you think you actually think uh, kane is is uh, actually on the avoid list don't you um for, I, I, until he comes right in the premier league and I, until i see the kane of old uh the artist is not uh you know it's not working for me so until i see goals i'm not going to i wouldn't put him in my side and also, he's expensive. There are other players out there that are currently in form and scoring. Uh, so, yeah, I would I, personally, I'm avoiding him, uh, but I've never really uh, had a luck for Kane, and probably that's why my FPL um, position has been so cuck season after season. But um, we can all agree that he hasn't been firing uh, this uh, this season. Uh, I know you guys think he's coming up against Newcastle. He's going to score goals for fun. Good for you. I don't. I don't see it happening. Okay. Any other premium players that you think, uh, you know, would be worth staying away from? What What is your views actually on Ronaldo this week? Because you asked me that when I I spoke. Because I don't have him in my uh, game week superstars list. Because I'm I'm a little bit undecided on Ronaldo. Um, what type of work he'll do against a hard-working Leicester? Because Brendan Rodgers obviously sets up a hard-working Leicester, as we discussed earlier. The the thought that. Uh, he doesn't track back and he's a comfortable player up front. You know, what type of damage does he actually do this weekend? Is he worth the, the 12 and 12 point, how much is it? 12.6, 12.5? Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly, but I can't answer that question. I mean, I think Ronaldo's going to score, uh, regardless, uh, maybe not in this game, but he's one of those players. If you got him, you keep him. Um, I've got Greenwood, and uh, I'm a bit hesitant. I don't know. I don't see Greenwood doing well against uh, uh, Leicester. So, uh, and if that, if I'm saying that for Greenwood, you've got to be saying that uh, for the Man United uh, teams, you know. But uh, I think the Evening Mash, if I had a Leicester player, I'd be thinking the same thing, you know. If I had Vardy and they were playing uh, Man United, uh, you see him scoring. I don't. I don't see him scoring. But. Um, 
yeah, man, uh, I don't, I don't really know which players uh, to avoid. Unfortunately, um, two million in the world, so my opinion means very little when it comes to FPL at this stage. So you could be perfectly right this weekend. You could have a monster weekend. You could have the number one game week score in the world this weekend. Who knows? Um, you might be onto something. It can happen. Sterling, yeah. where, where do we fall on Sterling? Sterling is pretty uh, pricey. Uh, yeah, Sterling to Newcastle, man. Uh, he is unhappy of his lack of playing time at Man City. Uh, so even if he does get on the field, I don't think his head's going to be right. Um, yeah, man, I wouldn't have... Uh, I don't see uh, Sterling... If he does start, I don't see him playing 90 minutes. And if he does play, uh, I don't see his head right. Uh, he doesn't have anything to prove. He's also stated uh, in the media he's unhappy. And I know his agent's actually actively seeking to get him another... Uh, another team, whether it be Barca, Real, or <laughs> Newcastle. So let's wait. And uh, funnily enough, never thought I'd mention those three in the same uh, sentence. But, well, uh, two, two, two out of three of them have money problems. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, so, you're actually as much in the green as they're probably in the red. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then last one I want to mention because I again another player I'm undecided on Abamyang this weekend um, against Crystal Palace. Abamyang has has shown glimpses, yeah, in the last couple of games. But uh, well, last over the last four games he scored two goals. Yeah, what what, uh, what is his chances this weekend? Listen, the only thing I can tell you about Abamyang is I've. Uh, Played with him countless seasons, and most of those seasons he's uh, left me down. Uh, when I have transferred him out, he's uh, scored immediately. Um, so so where is he in your team this weekend? He's never in my team. Okay, so, so I'm going to be moving up to superstars for this weekend <laughs> since he's not in your team. <laughs> he's going to probably score uh, a hat-trick, but uh, Abameyang, uh, I'll be honest, he's just one of those players. He's burnt me so many times in the past. I can't uh, I can't put him in my side again and have him uh, not do anything and take him out and then he scores. I'm over that. So uh, social a, distance player as well. Is he, is he, is he a quality uh, player? Yes, 100%, but is the Arsenal team uh, uh, firing? And uh, no, they're not. So I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. Okay. Kurt, thanks so much for joining us this evening on the show. And good luck for your game week ahead. And we'll see where you land up. Uh, so you've, you've got some positions to climb. I have some positions to climb. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully not too long, I'll, I'll see you in the top mill. Because uh, that's the direction I'm going. <laughs> Uh, I'm just happy I can start uh, actually uh, seeing hope and uh, supporting my real side, uh, Newcastle again, and wearing my colours and not being ashamed. So, um, yeah, man, what happens happens in the Fantasy Premier League. I'll be taking it seriously, but uh, I don't expect greatness either. (laughs) Okay. And to all the listeners out there, good luck for your game week ahead. All the best. Cheers, cheers. Bye.